I'm 80 years old, and I love Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Brave adults are coming forward to challenge the notion that Frosted Flakes is just a kid cereal. I eat them, I love them, and I don't care who knows. With that extra crunch in milk, that frosting just right, they have a taste adults can love every bit as much as kids. Go ahead, Shirley, you can do it. I love them, thank you. <laughs> what more can you say? Frosted Flakes have the taste adults have grown to love. They're great! We turn now to the 1,400 Kellogg's workers who've remained on strike for over two months, demanding fair wages and better working conditions. Last week, Kellogg said it would start replacing striking workers with permanent hires after a tentative five-year agreement with the company was rejected by an overwhelming majority of Kellogg's cereal plant workers. The deal would have provided 3 percent raises. Kellogg's announcement drew back backlash from across the country, with many demanding a boycott of Kellogg's products in solidarity with striking workers. On Friday, President Biden tweeted, I am deeply troubled by reports of Kellogg's plans to permanently replace striking workers. Permanently replacing striking workers is an existential attack on the union and its members' jobs and livelihoods. I strongly support legislation that would ban that practice. President Biden said. Workers at plants in Michigan, Nebraska, Pennsylvania and Tennessee have been on strike since October. They make all of uh, the company's most popular brands of cereal, including Fruit Loops and Frosted Flakes. For more, we go to Memphis, Tennessee, where we're joined by Kevin Bradshaw, president of Local 252G, a striking Kellogg's worker who's worked for the company for 20 years. Welcome to Democracy Now!, Kevin. Can you talk about what's at stake in the strike and the rejection of the contract? track that was up for vote? Yeah, what's at stake? Thank you for having me, first of all. Uh, what's at stake is that 3 percent raise that the company is talking about and bragging about, that raise is not for everybody. I mean, we're, we're fighting for equal pay and equal benefits. Uh, if we were to agree to anything that the company has, certain employees, newer employees still wouldn't have the same opportunity as myself to be able to retire with the same pension, the same benefits, the same insurance, and in order to... Um, provide a, 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 a livelihood for them families that we all are able to provide. So we're fighting for equal pay and equal benefits, regardless of what the company's putting out there. And trying to replace us is, is something that they're using as a scare tactic, because we know they can't hire enough people to replace us to do a skilled job. So it's another scare tactic from a greedy company. And Kevin Bradshaw, the, uh, could you talk about the conditions uh, uh, at Kellogg? Some employees were working as much as uh, 80 hours a week. Yeah, we've been working seven days, uh, seven days a week, 12, 16 hours a day. And we're asking the company, you know, if you're going to work us the same, do you need to pay us the same? And we're, we're trying to get, you know, some relief on that as far as um, different things inside our language that allow people to be off, like FMLA and stuff like that, where they're not trying to um, circumvent FMLA and make you use up all your vacation and saying that you can't be off with your family, you can't take care of a loved one or yourself. So it's a lot of different things on the table that we're trying to fight for as working conditions. And also we're fighting for, you know, um, to keep jobs in America. We have job security. We have jobs going all overseas, offshore to Mexico because, you know, the company wants to pay more, I mean, pay less for, for more work. So we're fighting a very greedy company right now. And, and this threat, this threat of a possible replacement of the strikers, this was a big tactic back in the 90s and early 2000s of employers, but it had right. subsided somewhat. Uh, could, uh, what about this issue of permanent replacement? Uh, well, the company has been, you know, we, we got several different um, ULP charges against the company because they have been bargaining in bad faith. They've been calling employees at home 
trying to get them to get out the union to come back across the picket line. I, I mean, they literally said that if you get out the union, you can come back to work. So that's one of the other, other scare tactics. And then just the announcement of the 1,400 jobs, it's just another kick in the face to, to, to scare people because they know it's a hardship right now with no job, no income for over two months. And right around the holidays where you want to spend time and money with your family and your loved ones. So um, this is a very evil tactic. You know, evil doesn't sleep. Talk about the significance, Kevin Bradshaw, of the president of the United States condemning Kellogg's, um, announcing that they might hire uh, replacement workers, essentially scabs. Um, that is that is major because when the POTUS stands up and and stands with the working people in America that makes this company millions after millions on three hundred eighty million dollars in nine months, it lets the whole nation know that the working people, the working class, and unions built America, and and that's very. The, the very reason why we, you know, we have a president that's supporting labor, and we just want to continue supporting labor, him and his whole administration. And that's just the right thing to do. And can you talk about the demographics of the workers at the striking plants, the racial breakdown? Well, the racial breakdown, we have a plant here. Uh, my plant here in Memphis, we are um, predominantly African-American. Um, other plants are probably uh, more diverse with— um, I would say maybe 30 percent, some a little bit more. We have Omaha. We have Pennsylvania. Uh, we got Battle Creek, Michigan. So it's a lot of diversity among the plants. You know, some just have more uh, demographic makeup than others. But um, Memphis is probably the, the most predominantly black plant out of all four plants. And in terms of what you're asking of the public, because obviously Kellogg is a name known across America, uh, it has been for decades in terms of its products. Uh, what are you asking in terms of the public? We ask you not to buy Kellogg's, not to buy Kellogg's cereal. Look for the BCTGM logo on the side of the box. I mean, and we're not making cereal right now. So any cereal you, you see, it shouldn't have that logo on it. So that's, those are scab cereal. And those are replacement workers who can't do a job and don't care about the job that they're doing, trying to supply a food chain to feed our American people. And we, we take pride in those in those jobs. They're union jobs. Uh, Kevin, um, as we begin to wrap up, the uh, company, Kellogg's, is saying, we've made every effort to reach a fair agreement, including making six offers to the union throughout negotiations, all of which have included wage and benefit increases for every employee. It appears the union created unrealistic expectations for our employees. Can you respond to that and also tell us um, what— Kellogg's makes. Uh, talk about the products that many people have on their breakfast tables and through the day. Right. First of all, those, those fixed um, things that they say they offer, you know, those are just their own opinion because we is, we're just asking them to be fair, you know, to, offer, to ask for a company just to pay the people equal pay and equal benefits and insurance is not enough. I mean, it's, it's not a whole lot when you're making records after record-breaking profits every year. So we're just asking the company to be fair. They're saying that they're not realistic because I guess it's unrealistic to treat people fair. As um, far as the profits and everything that, that they're making, I mean, and the products, I mean, we make in, in Memphis, we make um, cornflakes, frosted flakes, apple jacks, fruit loops, uh, rice krispies, cinnamon rice krispies, um, frosted rice krispies, vanilla rice krispies. I mean, we make a plethora of all the cereal brands. We make a lot of different other things as far as snacks are concerned, as far as your potato chips, your Pringles, on your, I mean, the list goes on as far as Pop-Tarts, Eggo Waffles. I mean, and they own so many different other companies. I, I don't even think we have the time to go through the list of companies that they actually own. So Kellogg's is a very profitable company. In 100 years, they've been in business. They never operated in the red. So it's, it's a lot. Take this job and shove it. I ain't 
Americans are quitting their jobs at a record pace. We've had a lot of stories about that. Some folks are retiring early. Others are switching careers. Employers are having to change up their worker recruiting and retention strategies. Our reporter Mark Zedeklik found COVID-19 and working from home has played a big role in why people are deciding to quit. The pandemic has left many revisiting how they want to live and work, including 48-year-old Jackie Duran, who just made a major midlife career change. We are in my workspace. Um, I'm remotely working. We're on the second floor of the Duran family's suburban home in Carver. Jackie Duran says the pandemic and working from home opened a path for her to quit her substitute teaching job to pursue a career in what she went to school for, civil engineering. I am able to, in a way, have it all. It allows me to use my education and do what I really love to do, but also have some home work balance. And I'm brand new to this, you know, remote working, so we'll see how it goes. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling empowered by it. Duran is just days into her new job analyzing traffic patterns for a major St. Paul employer. She already misses kids she taught for several years. She has goodbye good luck notes from some of them adorning a wall in her home office. The Labor Department said nearly 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in September. That's almost 1 million more than the number for the month of September in 2019, before the pandemic. I'm Jeff Cordes. I'm a headhunter. A headhunter turned employee retention consultant, that is. 70% of my business is in the uh, employee retention side, working with people to lower their uh, employee turnover. Cordes says employers need to abandon the you're lucky to work for me mindset if they want to attract new people and keep the workers they have. I think the one thing that most organizations don't get is that they don't get the fact that they got to care about people more than they ever have. They've got to show them respect, and they got to give them appreciation and praise. It's, it's not like it was. One of the biggest things they can do is take the blinders off and get creative. Especially, Cordes says, when it comes to flexibility about work schedules and locations. Cordes says businesses that want to bring workers back in the office need to carefully communicate compelling reasons for doing so, just because, he says, is not good enough for many people anymore. I've sometimes referred to it as the Great Reset. People are thinking, I think, very deeply about how they want their next stretch of working life to look. That's Rebecca Ray from the nonpartisan nonprofit business think tank, the Conference Board. I think it's a seismic permanent shift. I don't think for a moment we'll ever really go back to the way things were before the arrival of COVID-19. The conference board recently surveyed 1,200 U.S. workers. They found one in four who quit their job did so for the opportunity to physically work where they want to. They also found men left their jobs for flexible work locations at twice the rate of women. There were generational differences as well. For example, boomers are quitting for the option to work from anywhere almost twice as, as much as their younger colleagues, uh, the Gen X generation or the millennials. Ray and others think younger people who are early in their careers are more likely to want to work conventionally so they can learn as much as possible about their company, which puts them in a better position to build their careers. They're going to need to be mentored. They need to have sort of a sense of camaraderie. They need to understand what the culture is of the organization they've just joined. 
back in Carver, upstairs at the Duran House, in the nursery-turned-remote-learning-room-turned-home office, Jackie Duran says she thinks working from home will allow her to be more productive. If I'm not commuting an hour and a half or more a day, plus sitting, you know, in traffic, which is stressful in itself, I think that I can focus. And she thinks foregoing several hours a week commuting will help her live a healthier life. Walk and exercise. I think that a, a lot of friends that I have, they would forego that when they were they were working their eight-hour day plus their long commute. And I think people can smartly recoup that hour and a half and build back in some healthy habits. I'm Mark Sedeklik, NPR News, Carver. Canada. We should move to Canada. This is not the time for half measures. Starting midnight tomorrow, non-essential businesses in the province will be closed. These are unusual times, and this is an unusual location for tonight's program. It's my back deck. Like many of you, I'm working from home, not because I'm sick or in isolation. All Canadians, as much as possible, should stay home. Stay home. Stop the spread. During this pandemic, we've been told to turn our kitchen tables into office space. If we can, millions of Canadians who can work from home made that transition, not knowing how long it would last. Nearly two years in, some companies are trying to call their employees back to the actual office, but a new variant is complicating things. I'm also asking businesses and organizations to remain diligent and vigilant. We are asking that employers ask their employees to work from home whenever possible. Reducing mobility of people will help to reduce disease transmission. Dr. Kieran Moore, Ontario's Chief Medical Officer of Health, speaking last week. The Ontario government has also announced it will delay back-to-work plans for its public service. It seems like the only thing that's clear about the future of work is that not all Canadians want the same thing. So I'm a lawyer and I'm currently working in the office. We have the option of working from home, but I don't partake. I don't like the isolation, I suppose. I like the guidance and the atmosphere at work. I work from home. The coffee's a lot cheaper. (laughs) Uh, You don't have the commute. Uh, You see all those uh, jokes uh, with people wearing sweatpants uh, and wearing a nice shirt on top. Believe me, it happens. I've uh, worked that way probably for over 20 years now, but I think with the pandemic, you feel a lot more isolated than you used to. I think my ideal work situation and probably a lot of people's ideal work situation would be having somewhere in the middle where we have a great deal of flexibility to work remotely if you happen to have a kind of job that permits that, and also having some some time in the office and having some of that affiliation and teamwork face-to-face. I'm a receptionist, and then sometimes I wish I could be working from home, but Honestly, like when I was at home, it was more of like getting into a depressing kind of state. So being out makes me more happier and more able to move on with my life and not just stay at my house. Some people in Calgary talking about work and what that looks like for them in 2021. Businesses are having to navigate regulations, what their employees want and what's best for the bottom line. A new report from the Conference Board of Canada in partnership with Carleton University may offer those employers some guidance. Linda Duxbury is a professor at Carleton's Sprott School of Business. She's one of the co-authors of the report. Linda, good morning. Good morning. We just heard some workers there talking about their preferences and what they like and don't like and what they are looking for and hoping to keep, I suppose, when things get back to normal, whenever that is. Um, You did a big survey about this. What did... uh, 
you t- uh, talk to uh, workers about and what did they tell you when it came to um, how they see work unfolding in the future? So my research deals with uh, work-life balance, stress, employee well-being, all of these kinds of things, managing change. And so we we did a survey throughout. We did it at two points during the survey, uh, during the pandemic. We have over 26,000 uh, people who responded from right across Canada. Uh, one of the things are people are not doing very well. A lot of the rhetoric that we hear out there, you know, well, productivity, you know, it, it hasn't gone down. In fact, it's gone up. The data would suggest it's probably gone up because people are working harder. They're working evenings. They're working. They're getting up earlier. They're working later. Uh, people are struggling right now. And in terms of how they want to work, well, we can't. Uh, what we can say is it's kind of messy. One in four want to go back to the office full time. One in four want to stay at home full time. And the rest want some combination in the middle. So, you know, it it took a lot to get everybody home. Now it's going to take a lot to get everybody back. I was going to say, and when they get back, it suggests that it's a real mountain for companies to try to uh, assess and figure out how they're going to get over when it comes to figuring out how this is all going to balance out and how people are going to be able to to get what they want. Well, what what I'm telling companies uh, quite clearly is, you know, it was a giant experiment to send everybody home. Okay, we didn't know what we were doing. Many companies were doing it on the seat of their pants. Uh, and now we're going to have exactly the same uh, issue going back. There's so many things in play. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about uh, hybrid work, what exactly does that mean? So I hear companies say, well, some days at work and some days at the office. Well, the devil's in the details mm. in terms of what what exactly do you mean by some? Are our teams going to all be in at the same time? Who decides? Who decides so many of these things? Employees right now, because we're head, heading into some pretty... Uh, significant labor force shortages at the high end of the, you know, uh, they're talking about it in the United States. We're going to see it in Canada as well. So organizations who push too hard and say, well, this is how we're going to do it. They could lose people who have a choice, you know, so it's going to be challenging. We'll talk about those challenges. You said initially, one of the challenges is that many people are not doing well. Tell me more about that. Who is not thriving or even really, you know, keeping their heads above water when it comes to working from home. (laughs) So what is interesting about this is some of the levels of stress. So I've been studying employee well-being for multiple decades. I've never seen uh, job stress scores like I'm seeing now. I'm not seeing uh, perceived stress scores, et cetera, work scores. Um, A lot of people, it depends if you're struggling with, uh, schooling your children at home, if you're trying to do a a job, you've got a boss who expects you to be on 24-7, you've got a work ethic where you feel responsible for your clients, and you've got a husband or a wife who's also at home sharing bandwidth with you. You know, we do know that a lack of predictability and a lack of control really uh, makes life a lot more difficult, even without a pandemic. Well, people are in a situation right now where they can't control anything, even going to the grocery store. So uh, most people, uh, a lot of people are doing very poorly. 
Which leads to the suggestion that some people might want to get back into the office. But you found that at the managerial level, that might be the case. But clerical and administrative staff who might work for those managers did not want to go back to the office. Why do you think that is? Well, I think a lot of people are confusing a lot of things here. So people during the pandemic uh, spent a lot more time with their families. And that's great. But many of them didn't have childcare, daycare. They didn't have a commute. And so they don't want to put that back into their life. They don't want the expenses of nice clothing. You know, I'm sitting here talking to you in a sweatpants, sweatpants, uh, a sweatshirt. I didn't have to dress up. It's quite nice. <laughs> a lot of people are like that. They don't want the expense of going into the office. And they have... Uh, they have this idea that it's better at home, but they forget that the office also offers some real advantages. Uh, and, you know, it, going forward, how we're going to balance those two. And the other thing I would really caution employers who are listening to this right now, almost all the rhetoric right now is around back to work, whether we're going hybrid, mm. what does hybrid look like? I think we have to spend as much time on employee well-being and trying to re-engage people who've lost touch with the organizational culture, who've lost touch with their colleagues, and many of whom have maintained their productivity out of great personal costs throughout the pandemic. We have to mend bridges and we have to focus on mental health as much as we have to focus on return to work. There's two parts that are worth picking at there. One is around productivity. Um, you'll hear stories because people are working from home and there's not the separation of uh, if you are lucky enough to work from home, you, you, you know, you're not leaving the office and then going home. Work is at home. And so <laughs> yeah. the bedroom where you sleep is the office where you work. Is that truly extending the workday for many people? Oh, absolutely. It's extending the workday for almost two thirds of the people that were in our survey. Um, most people get up earlier. They, they stay up later. They work on the weekend uh, and they don't spend enough time on themselves. So, you know, they work, they work as they can. So they try to combine everything together. The other thing I think it's really important to mention when we're talking about this whole productivity, because a lot of the discussion is around productivity. Um, and a lot of it, I hear organizations and I hear employees go, well, we've got proof of concept. Look, it works, so we should continue with it. You don't have proof of nothing. Because what you just did for two years is actually, uh, it wasn't really telework. It wasn't remote work. It was a jury, jury rigged solution. It was work, work from home during a pandemic, not working from home. It was home. work from home. It was what we call enforced work from home. Hey, you have no choice. Go tomorrow and good luck. So, you know, all of what we would recommend be in place before somebody be sent home, none of it happened. So there should be discussions because not everybody wants to go home. Who, who has the work ethic? Who has the personal situation? Who has a home office with a door 
people, you know, in our survey, people who actually had an office with the door did way better hmm. than people who worked in the basement and the kitchen table. You know, a lot of people work in the bathroom. They work wherever they can, but that's not healthy for us. Um, you also have daycare in place uh, for your kids. Hey, that sure didn't happen. You have an ergonomic setup. Hey, people worked on their bed. People were, you know, look at the physiotherapy uh, needs right now, which shows you uh, what went on. So we have to, we, sorry, I get all frustrated. We have no, to stop. It's fine. <laughs> we have to stop doing the following. We have to stop saying, well, look at people are more productive or as productive at home. We have to get behind what that productivity is. And if people maintain their productivity at huge cost to their mental health, is that a gain? The other thing we have to stop saying is we've got proof of concept. <laughs> Don't sell your building just yet. Um, and we have to recognize that there's also been a cost in terms of collegiality, in terms of organizational culture, creativity. People have just got their head down and they're delivering as best they can. But that's not what we want, I don't think, any of us going forward. Do you think this what, what people have gone through, and again, not everybody is able to work from home. Many of us have been coming into work and many people, <laughs> they don't have an office to go to because uh, they're working uh, jobs that aren't in a, a physical office setting. But do you think this has changed in some ways how people view work and how they see what a job is? Um, there's a lot of research showing that people's new attitude is called YOLO. Have you heard that? which is you only live once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nothing like going through a death, you know, death-defying uh, experience with the pandemic to actually make people think and reevaluate what's important to them. So, but uh, when we've also got data, 60% of our 26,000 people are essential workers and nobody would say they're doing well either. They're just doing poorly from a different root set of causes than uh, the people who are working from home. The, the pandemic has had a significant impact on the mental health of all workers. And I think those who can are evaluating what it is they want. So you're starting to see employees pushing back. If you, if you look right now, restaurants can't hire, mm. uh, uh, grocery stores can't hire. People are saying, you, you call me essential, you call me important, but you treat me like dirt. So, you know, I don't really feel important. I don't, I'm not feeling the love here. So people are calling their organization to task and saying, you know, there's certain things I want. And if I don't get them, maybe you and I don't have a relationship moving forward. So that is also complicating things. How important is culture at a workplace? And, and what's right. been lost when it comes to the culture, when everybody's in the same physical space? So it was interesting because I was listening to the interview of the woman from the military. Military's got an incredibly strong organizational culture. So the culture is a very positive force if it's a if, if it's good culture, if it's one that respects people, promotes balance, uh, you know, empowers, has autonomy, a toxic culture. Uh, is something to be avoided. So people who work for organizations where their cult, the organizational culture is not 
the strength of the organization actually liked working from home because they they avoided the politics, they avoided the nonsense, whereas people who work for organizations where the culture was family-like, their colleagues were incredibly important to them in terms of their relationships, their manager was important. Uh, those people really missed work and they missed the culture. But what I would suggest is organizations with more toxic cultures, this is an opportunity for them to reset, isn't it? Because people have been away, you, could, you have the opportunity to remake yourself. What our data does show, though, is that younger people, you know, how have we onboarded people during this thing? You know, uh, people, you know, the only I can only see you by looking at your avatar on my screen. Well, that's certainly not the way to connect to your boss and to your colleagues and to feel connected to your work. So there's just so many things that we have to do to re-engage people in the workforce when when this is over, if it ever is over. I'm convinced it will be over. Um, that in fact, it's hard for managers to know where to start. What I would really recommend is don't do what many of you always do, which is have 57 number one priorities. I would suggest you pick two or three things, focus on them, and then, and then focus on the next thing. The other thing I tell organizations is you have to become ambidextrous. What does that mean? And what that means is I teach change management. I study change management. It means that you're able to change the tires on your car while you're driving along the 417 at 120 kilometers an hour. It means being able to do two things, two difficult things at once. It means that organizations have to focus on the survival of the firm in the long term. So they have to do the business of the firm, mm, but they right. also have to make significant changes right now because in fact, we are going to be going back to work soon. This um, Omicron has bought us a little bit more time in order to do some of the heavy lifting and the heavy thinking, but we have to start actually putting changes in place. And, and I think organizations have to be honest with their people and say, you know, this is new for us too. We have no idea what we're doing, but we're going to try this first. It's our best guess after doing some research, after listening to you, and it might not work. So if it doesn't work, bear with us. We'll try something else again. You talked about the idea of a hybrid workplace, which is essentially some people uh, split their time. They work from home sometimes. They are in the office sometimes. Is working from home, given what people have been through and what they've been put through, do you think that employers need to look at working from home as a right or as a privilege? <laughs> well, there's the nub of the whole argument, isn't it? Um, the ideal work arrangement is it's a privilege, not a right. Many employees are now saying, well, I just did it for two years. It's my right to continue, et cetera. I was going to say, is that horse out of the barn now? Because people, in some ways, and it goes back to the idea of thinking differently about work, that the balance is, is different now than it was before this pandemic. Well, the balance in the discussion certainly is. But some jobs that were done at home during the pandemic, nobody would have ever expected them to be done at home. And quite often they weren't done well, all right? And some people actually don't have the personal discipline or the preference or the personality to work from home well. Um, 
And some people don't have good work-life balance at all. The people, people's preference to balance is they're either what we call segmenters. They like to have their work time and their family time separated by location, cues, time, cues, whatever. And then there's these people called integrators that are really good at juggling two balls at once and flip back and forth. So how, how do the employers go about prioritizing, you know, how you dis- determine who can work from home and who can't and what the hybrid actually looks like. What, what are the things I, that they need to I focus think you on? Have, I think my, my own personal opinion is you have to start with the job and you have to look at how can this job be done. I would suggest looking at tasks, not entire jobs, because jobs can be broken down into tasks, some of, some of which can be done very well at home, some of which need to be done at the office. Once you have an idea of the tasks that can be done at home and at the office, then you start looking at the people who are currently holding those positions. And you might have to have a discussion with somebody saying, well, you really want to work from home, but you have this job of which only 20% of it can actually productively and effectively be done at home. So if you want to spend more than 20% of your time at home, then maybe we have to, we really value, maybe we have to find you a different role in the company. So there's going to have to be discussions like that as well. I just wonder whether that changes the expectations of employers and employees. I think the problem is right now, expectations have become incredibly blurred and people don't, the communication has been spotty at best, you know, going everything on Zoom, Microsoft Teams. We don't have spontaneous conversations. We don't have social conversations. I think we have to do this major reset where we actually start having a discussion. In your ideal world, what would you like to do? What actually is your job? Then let's figure out what is possible together. But I think it's not going to serve anybody if the company goes under. It's not, you know, people need work because people need income, because people need to support themselves and their families. So based on that, I mean, and the research that you've done, what proportion of Canadian workplaces do you think will really have changed the way that they work and, and where that work is done when we get out of this? When we get out of it? Oh, I would say most workforces that have, work will change for knowledge workers. It, it definitely will because many of them could have done some of their tasks productively and effectively at home before the pandemic because the work was conducive to it. So when we come back, those people will still, that the people, knowledge workers in those kind of jobs who are able to do some or all of their work remotely, if they want to, they probably have the negotiating power to be able to get it from their employer. But you're going to see another kind of thing where people are going, well, I'm an essential worker and it's not fair because I'd like to work from home too. Mm. So, you know, it's it's not going to be easy discussions moving forward, but because it's not easy doesn't mean we should avoid them having these discussions and just hope that it works out for the best. We've got to start having these discussions. So just in the, in the last minute or so that we have, if you're an employer listening to this, what do you want to take away from this conversation and the research that you've done? As, as, as you say, we're trying to change the, the tires on the highway as we're driving down the highway. 
I would think you have to start at least getting the jack out of the trunk, okay? I think that you have to stop, you know, hoping and talking about some, and you have to start putting some specificity. I would always start with looking at the work and look at the work objectively and say, and honestly, say what percent of this can be done remotely and what percent of it can needs really or would benefit from. Once you've got the work, then go to your people and layer the people on top of the work and wherever possible, try to come up with a collaborative solution where you know you meet somewhere in the middle with uh, your employees. If you're a unionized workforce, you better bring your union in as quickly as possible to be involved in these discussions as well. You know, this is this is a marathon. It's been a marathon at home. Mm. Got to got to start somewhere. So let's actually start limbering up and, and uh, start on our journey down. Good morning. I'm Rachel Martin. Workplace accidents happen, and when they do, you'd like to think your company insurance handles it. But what about when you're working from home? A man in Germany was moving from the bedroom to the home office. He slipped on the staircase. The employer's insurance refused to pay, so he took the case to court and they ruled in his favor. The German legal system now confirms a short walk downstairs does count as commuting. It's morning edition. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, December 17, 2021. So I have been told this is our weekly broadcast, Neutralizing Workplace Racism. Not for spectators. Uh, If you have figured out some things that work well uh, to help non-white people, victims of white supremacy, solve problems in the workplace without creating new problems. Definitely share. How did you do it? What did you say? What did you avoid saying? Did you use some piece of policy and procedure? Let us know. We would like to emulate what you've done if it worked out well. The number to dial 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. The email until justice at gmail.com until justice at gmail.com. Drop us a line. We can read your commentary. Keep it anonymous. If you have concerns about being identified, uh, if you have suggestions or if you have a problem and you'd like some uh, attempted counter racist input uh, to try to help you solve problems without creating new problems. Uh, Briefly, some of the segments that we heard. Uh, the audio as we were getting rolling uh, Democracy Now! My BFF Amy Goodman, uh, she was talking uh, to some of the workers uh, in Memphis, Tennessee uh, about the Kellogg's uh, I was going to say cereal, but they make more than cereal, uh, Kellogg's strike, uh, and they talked about the unsafe conditions and poor pay poverty wages that they get from a company as he said, not in the red, metaphor 
uh, where they've made all this money and have made so many food products. Uh, incidentally, all of the products that he named are horrible, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Frosted Flakes and the whole game, Pop-Tarts and Eggo Waffle. Everything that he named is absolutely horrible. I think he said Fruit Loops too. All that stuff is terrible. If you have any of that stuff, the strike, that would just be like if you need like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten reasons. But I mean, all of that nonsense. I mean, you want to talk about junk food? Every single product that they mentioned, absolute junk food. So you don't need any of those products anyway. Get you a bowl full of diabetes. That notwithstanding, certainly... You can avoid purchasing. Well, I guess, yeah, you can do your best. Like I said, it would be a monstrous list of products that you would not be consuming. You probably have to get back to just eating fruits and vegetables, legumes, beans, and the like. If you want to get away from frosted flakes and Kellogg's corn flakes and all the rest of it, pop tarts. Let's see. The second segment they were talking about. Uh, And they even talked about they were not going to rehire them. They were going to replace them, the Kellogg's workers. I saw that. That was on uh, NPR that they said they weren't going to rehire. And President Biden uh, talked about, interestingly, he said uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, the Kellogg's factory has a high number of black people. I'm not surprised they have a lot of black people there. So no shock at all that they would have horrendous work conditions in terms of not being paid well and all the rest of it. I think he said in, in other areas, other regions, they would probably have a more diverse workforce, meaning probably not as many black people, maybe other non-white people, more white people, whatever it is. Uh, let's see. NPR, they did the segment, the so-called Great Resignation. on uh, talking about how a lot of folks are leaving their jobs. Uh, during the pandemic, I've seen uh, just on a personal level, I've seen lots of evidence that suggests that that is true. Um, there are quite a number of businesses right here that I've seen in the Seattle area where they have signs up saying that they are now closed, that they have restricted hours because they don't have enough employees to be open. For the normal hours that you know normal normal operating hours uh and so they're having to you know do reduce schedules in some places it's been like this for months where they've had reduced business hours because they don't have enough labor they even had to close some entire days not just shorter hours they are closed on some days because they don't have enough labor so that i've seen some evidence that that seems to be true and a widespread problem and Lots of businesses promoting signs with higher wages and more benefit. I mean, lots all over town. Lots of that. So it seems might be some evidence that that could be true. Uh, And they talked about and I've seen a number of reports. They have featured a number of black people. The New York Times had a big article this week where they were talking about black people quitting their jobs uh, within all this about the great resignation some of it because of racism uh, being in work environments where they're not listened to people steal their ideas mental health issues being traumatized and mistreated and ignored in that nature um, that that was a reason for folks to say you know what I'm out of here I can do something else with my time and energy 
take this job and shove it. Bravo if there are any non-white people rethinking things, trying to make better choices about their life, how they want to utilize their time and energy. Always think that is a good thing. Uh, the next report, uh, they're talking about that was from The Current, uh, CBC uh, in Canada. Uh, I personally won our global Sunday talk on racism is this coming weekend, Sunday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific. Uh, I am generally curious uh, how issues in the workplace are being talked about in uh, other parts of the world. And she's talking about in Canada, some of the same issues, labor shortages. Uh, they said that problem will probably be north of the border as well. Uh, and then confusion about how to proceed. Certainly lots of that worldwide now with Omicron and you know are we going back to the office are we not going back what are the protocols going to look like uh, as best you can if you're in one of those predicaments where that sort of reassessment is happening about the workplace and if it's feasible people could do your job from home I would try as best you can to take advantage now she talked about in the segment workplace culture and that being one of the things that uh, I guess some people miss about their work environment. Number one, the, the greatest, the most consistent element of workplace culture is white supremacy racism. And that's anywhere in the world. We have heard from lots of people I personally have experienced in that system. Many of the work environments, they are really toxic where you just have lots of gossiping, name calling, uh, really unhealthy fraternizing where it's not you know can we help this person do something constructive it's just you know spreading uh, rumors and innuendo and keeping conflict going that sort of thing trying to sabotage uh, other employees so I have heard that we've heard that many people say hey you know I get to be away from the office I don't have to experience all that oh I'm a way happier person that's how I said take advantage if you're in a work environment you've been there for some time and they're doing their reassessment. If you can get two, three, even one, really. But I mean, if you can get two, three days a week where you don't have to come in, take advantage as best you can. Um, just that alone could be the difference. Uh, and you being able to get through. Imagine if you're going through a period at work being mistreated or anything's happening and you know in advance two, three days out of the week. I don't have to see these folks at all. I can be at home in my footies drinking hot cocoa maybe we do some you know texting or messaging or whatever maybe you don't have to do that that would make it much easier to navigate all that so take advantage as best you can if you can get a day two days whatever uh, time where you don't have to be there toxic culture as they call it uh, let's see but yeah I did I curious about things that that uh, are happening in Canada um, or just anywhere in the world really in terms of how the workplace uh, is being manipulated uh, by all of this. Uh, I thought it was interesting. She was saying that, you know, uh, employers are not going to be able to just do things the same old way, uh, especially now that they want to uh, retain employees. Things will have to be done differently uh, in terms of making an assessment and not, you know, having that attitude that you should be happy to be here. It's hard for me to see that changing with black people. Um, yeah, <laughs> any any capacity is hard for me to see that, you know, taking a major swing uh, where it's not going to be that attitude of you should just be the happiest Negro in the world that you have a job and can make a few nickels and all the rest of it type of a thing.
Anywho, uh, mental health, she also in that segment, they talked about how uh, for folks in Canada, their mental health has taken a toll, being isolated. I thought it was interesting. She said particularly younger populations being isolated and feeling lonely from all of this. I remember I read that previously where they said it was more likely that like millennials, they tend to view the work environment as their like primary social hub where they, I guess, do their friend making and dating and uh, whatever else that they do in their non-work hours. Whereas older people didn't do that so much. Um, They would have other social outlets. So the job wasn't necessarily a major loss in terms of uh, social exposure. If you're not going directly into the office, a physical building, Uh, I would not as a victim of racism in any age group. I don't think it's healthy to view your work as this is also your social stopping grounds. Even if you work with all non-white people, I just don't think that's healthy. I think you want to try to keep that as separate as possible. If there's some people that work there that are really cool, uh, you can think about, you know, maybe an exception or what have you. But I would tend to shy away from that. That doesn't mean that you're discourteous or that you ignore the people that are there. But I just don't think you want to be hanging out and going to the club and you spend your whole weekend together with these folks like some separation. um, All of that crossover, something happens. And we just seen a lot of that not trying to hang out these are not my homies and social media pals and we got to text each other all weekend we just work together uh let's see so the email until justice at gmail.com i'll read one of the updates always appreciate when we get updates from people who dial in uh if you call or uh email or whatever it is uh and discuss your situation let us know if we, you know, anybody, myself, callers, if folks offer any sort of suggestions or uh, different ideas about how you can approach the situation, if you use them or not, let us know how things go. If you use your brain computer and you are intelligent enough to come up with your own uh, concepts and possible remedies for your situation, bravo. That's the best thing. That's what we should be doing. Just let us know. Give us an update. That way we can kind of refine our own techniques and you know what what things work successfully to solve problems in the workplace so always love the updates be in toronto i think maybe hmm, last month uh sometime she emailed and she also has talked about being sabotaged trying to call in and having uh odd difficulties unexplained difficulties obstructions to calling in to share Anyway, she wrote in and she talked about all of this abuse in her work environment. I think they had some sort of uh, like a diversity uh, type seminar or what have you. And talking about uh, Canada's role in having black people in slavery. Uh, She said, I think she made some statements there and uh, they kind of, you know, bullseye on her from that moment and increased mistreatment, increased non-constructive attention and made really stressful really drain on her mental health and in the most extreme ways uh and we were just kind of talking to her and saying man if it's really that bad then you don't work on the exit strategy she'd been doing all the documentation that she could uh we talked about not making statements i think that's so important even if they have some sort of seminar workshop uh that ostensibly is talking about racism That is not the time for us to get up and offer our soliloquy 
listen if anything you ask a question but you're not here to make statements this sort of thing is very common uh, where victims end up you know being punished uh, because they spoke too honestly about white supremacy racism so let's see B wrote in greetings Gus provided is an updated report on what is happening at the workplace aka toxic dump my first day back from vacation and I'm getting back into the role doing my job I have another vacation day following the day that the supervisor had in part approved of the supervisor decides to book me in for a housing tour on my vacation day so I sent an email to her stating that I would not be available as an aside I have observed how the supervisor uses timing to execute and project her troubled issues because this supervisor has major issues that do not have to do with me but as a target am being impacted by then the supervisor tried to get me to set me up again by providing forms with no context context is everything if I had contacted the third party contractor based on her providing me the forms she would have accused me of wasting organizations budget knowing what I'm dealing with I sent an email to her to confirm whether or not the third-party contractor should be called for the work order despite her sending me the forms with no information only to find out that the organization's maintenance person hadn't even assessed the work order for repairs information the supervisor knew of at the time she's not slick at wit's end on my vacation I went to the doctor I had been keeping the physician in the loop during this workplace harassment ordeal good job as a result the physician provided a medical leave for 30 days which will be enough time to escape the plantation we'll keep you posted thank you for the continued support and spirit hugs for you all much obliged B uh, I think we had Dr. Uh, Kamal Kamban KamalKamban.org on the program some years back and he said that <clears throat> it's really important uh, any sort of workplace situation uh, especially if you have uh, health package benefits of some sort uh, and you have the ability you can talk to a health professional let them know so that they have a record you can report I'm feeling anxious having difficulty uh, breathing or sleeping both maybe uh, having you know intrusive thoughts uh, about you know punitive action taking place against me here in the workplace or whatever it is just thinking about the the strife uh, that's happening here and how it's being having a corrosive impact on my life uh, where you can just you know tell them talk about it and even evidence you know this is the uh, these are things you know that have happened uh, over the course of the time that I've been here but what she just talked about you know I put in the request for my vacation day 
let's say uh, October, you know, well in advance, months in advance. And then they come back and now I'm scheduled to do some sort of uh, visit on a day when I'm not even going to be here, that sort of thing. And then I got to go back and, hey, I'm not here. And they got an attitude about it. You can tell them all that. We're like, wow, that's so stressful. I can't believe it. Sounds like that's what happened. Like, bam, 30 days, you know, leave a stay. You're, you're under a lot of anxiety and sounds like you've been traumatized. You know, take some time to get your head together. Bravo. And they can write that down, document so that, oh, my goodness, the stress all of this caused her. Hopefully 30 days will be enough time that, you know, you can kind of strategize and get things together. Talking about being in Toronto. Uh, we shall see. I do. Unfortunately, it is kind of unfortunate that that 30 days part of it is going to be kind of intersected by the so-called holiday because a lot of times people are, you know, not in the office. It can be difficult to get uh, business matters handled uh, sometimes once people really get into the throes of the so-called holiday next week. Uh, sometimes it can be difficult getting anything done until, you know, January. But uh, bravo. At least you can take that time and be chilling, not at the job, taking care of yourself. Uh, yeah, maybe enjoy some uh, vegan pastries if you have a spare minute. Much obliged to be in Toronto. Uh, wishing you the best mental health, all the rest. If folks have any suggestions for her, let us know. Uh, if you want to share about your own uh, situation, uh, if you have something constructive, things worked out well, you uh, were able to successfully neutralize some racist antics in the workplace, let us know that. Certainly, you should be on speed dial star six one. Uh, and then if you you know would like some feedback from folks who are here and listening in, uh, feel free. Seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Let us see. Uh, folks who dialed in. One moment, and we will nab the switchboard together. Uh, let's see, and then I'll read the other emails as well. See if I make sure I can get through all those today with no uh, difficulties. Uh, all righty. Oh, folks are taking a moment, I guess, to get there hands together for their workplace racism commentary grant not for spectators hopefully if anybody got time uh, away for the holidays and all that you can use it constructively no you know the big one is coming up uh, for next weekend uh, I'll read one more email while folks I guess uh, get their commentary together uh, if you are doing any of those office parties and all the like I said our global Sunday talk is this uh, Sunday the current prime minister uh, in the UK, Boris Johnson, he got in so much trouble uh, this week. Uh, they have all the COVID uh, restrictions and things uh, in England, have had them for some time. Apparently this time last year, as we were going into so-called Christmas, uh, they put in rules, you know, no Christmas uh, shindigs. Uh, it's too dangerous. Everybody, you know, chill out, stay at home, keep your face mask on and, you know, no big parties or anything. Apparently Boris Johnson, his uh, parliamentary staff, They have some sort of big Christmas soiree and the pictures. We talked about that before. They have all these pictures of the event uh, and those pictures. I mean, they can hang around for a long time, especially now they got them digital. Like, oh, man, they come back a year from now 
Uh, and they're going back, same restrictions and all that stuff in place, and they're getting real punitive about it. You got to be vaccinated and all the other stuff. Like, whoa, we got pictures that you all did a big Christmas party, and I guess people are mad because a lot of people didn't get to do their Christmas, you know, folly last year, and and so they sacrificed while Boris Johnson and company went out and party. Like, ooh, we folks are mad. So if anything. Uh, if you got to go to the Christmas party, office holiday party, whatever it is, if you got to go, be really mindful about the pictures. If they got something where it's supposed to be innocuous and we're just taking pictures, everybody got their clothes on, hands above board and, you know, all the like. And this is just our little group picture. Maybe they're going to see if they can put this in the newsletter or whatever. Maybe. But woof, I have seen where those office uh, party pictures can come back and do all kinds of I mean like update your resume because you are out of a job damage <laughs> from those goofy pictures and people getting in some sort of uh, silliness uh, at those office parties. the liquor gets the flowing and yeah so if you gotta go if you don't have to go I am a big fan you all have fun it's what I've been saying for about a month now hey I'm a parent I just can't take any risks with large gatherings if you don't have children i take care of other family elderly family members i just can't accept the risk i think that's the way to deal with that one anywho oh i said i was gonna read another email i guess i'll do that let's see another email okay uh lasso I guess the last two weeks we had uh, different folks write in and call in. They were talking about uh, different components of cybersecurity. If you are issued like a phone uh, or a tablet or whatever it is from your job, uh, just things to do, things not to do, uh, keeping that device uh, separate uh, from any of your personal uh, devices or attachments. If you know it's a Bluetooth speaker or whatever that needs to be run with a tablet then make the job uh, get a Bluetooth speaker uh, and not using yours uh, we also talked about setting up a guest network again that's super easy they have videos all over YouTube very easy to do so that you're not logging uh, some sort of workplace uh, device on your personal uh, network right so they can't you know potentially get access to your searches and data and all the rest of it uh, so this person dialed in last week, uh, I believe was just kind of requesting uh, some of the experts, folks with more expertise on this subject matter, uh, if they could kind of provide some basics uh, for how someone could get kind of a fundamental understanding of some of the tech uh, security and things. So they wrote in last week. Some of the folks answered. Uh, they responded. Uh, this is a person writing in again. Uh, Hi, Gus. Thank you for reading my email and a thank you to the callers who answered my questions. Yes, my personal phone has been affected by using the VPN app on it. My phone does not recognize my touch to enter the security code to open it. I will either restart the phone or power it off for several minutes. I must buy two phones. One for the VPN app to work and another personal phone. This personal phone was replaced two months ago. Yikes. That's uh, this person writing in the yikes, not me. Continuing. I'm not 
on social media thus I'm not able to get the videos you posted for the steps to set up uh, uh, the guest network that's what it's called uh, I'll Google it you should be able to find it very easy guest G U E S T guest network should be very easy uh, YouTube Google probably lots of places even where they can walk you through it um, the yeah in terms of the app crashing the phone I'm not sure I don't know if this was your personal phone or the work phone uh, that this happened to oh, okay so this is a personal phone got it yeah um, I'm really cautious I think some of the other folks who called in with more of the tech expertise were advising like not downloading emails to your personal phone and maybe not doing any workplace business on your personal phone because you just can never know uh, they talked about files being deleted remotely and who knows who knows what was going on with the app uh, you trying to use it for whatever purposes uh, might be best just make that ironclad I do not use my phone for workplace uh, use workplace use uh, some folks mix off I guess about the you know somebody on the job needs to text you and you know all of that uh, I would even feel some type of way about that but I guess that might be the only one because uh, that shouldn't be an all the time like all day long uh, if this is just for like notification if I'm going to be ill or you know something of that nature uh, anywho let's see anything else yeah I'd be real mindful about using any of my personal uh, devices in the workplace never expect compensation never like adequate compensation uh, if something happens in the workplace they will just eh, you know whatever <laughs> Negros was bound to get in trouble some kind of way uh, let's see other folks who dialed in uh, commentary suggestions thoughts to share the line should be open star six one folks are spectating I see I don't know what type of work situation the folks who are uh, doing the spectating I don't know where where they are employed but man oh man they should hook the rest of us up with like an application at least and maybe a few good words on the uh, I don't know with the folks on the hiring committee human human resources and all the rest of it uh, if if nothing untoward is happening that's not even including like the whole COVID-19 situation which I think is hugely important as Omicron has, has you know added a whole nother element to it in, in terms of anxiety and, and all kinds of changes uh, in some uh, workplaces even what it means to be vaccinated has totally changed now it can't be oh I got you know two shots of the Pfizer vaccine so I'm fine like no you'd have to have those two shots and a booster and if you don't have a boost a booster shot you are no longer considered to be vaccinated so uh, lots of things to discuss uh, in terms of you know 
man, safety protocols, what is acceptable and how we get through the whole COVID-19 crisis in addition to just white supremacy racism that would be uh, there on a general basis. So, yes, lots to consider for the folks who are spectating. I have no idea what sort of work environment uh, you are in. But if you are not having any issues on on any of these fronts, like, wow, again, star six one, you should be on speed dial. How did you accomplish this? And can you get us an application? Anywho, maybe if they're getting their notes together or, you know, whatever else it is. Incidentally, uh, I would also encourage uh, no unnecessary travel. I think I've been saying that for uh, a good a good minute now. It's been some months uh, where that's been my general observation. Uh, even, you know, though, I, hey, I love to travel. Would have been nice to do some other retreats or uh, all kinds of goodies. But I mean, just trying to make, you know, constructive decisions. Um, one of our young listeners is talking about doing some traveling, going overseas, as they say. Uh, and I said, man, I don't know. Like a lot of the news for like what they call overseas is very punitive we'll have our global sunday talk uh this coming weekend but it's very punitive and a lot of it is oh no omicron restrictions and lockdown for those who are unvaccinated and new protocols and vaccine proof and all the rest of it i mean just looking really i don't want to say dire but what would, what would i say uh serious uh potentially dangerous if you are traveling and you are not vaccinated even if you are vaccinated but i say especially if you're not vaccinated uh so it just i'll put it this way is if it were me and i love to travel i would not be enthusiastic about traveling anywhere to europe right now like it looks like one of those uh types of situations where you have to uh hand over your passport or whatever it is uh to get through customs and then something happens to it and oh we can't verify who you are and you look like one of those black Lives matters protesters and maybe you got bombs on your shoe or whatever it is like i would just that's what i would be expecting uh these days and or oh looks like you didn't pass your covid test or oh we couldn't va- uh, we couldn't verify your vaccination status or any or your vaccination status is expired or you don't have the booster shot or anything uh, that would just make it contentious, make it something way less than I just showed up with my mask on with my ticket in hand ready to roll and they let me on the plane and we did our flight and blah, blah, blah. Like it just seems like it is not going to be that for like a bunch of reasons anytime soon. So, yeah, my vote would be no like out-of-town travel we shall see I know some folks have gone out and done you know a few a little bit of traveling here and there and seem like they made it back okay but man things seem so uh, dangerous and uncertain unless you really got to go do this right now and it cannot wait anytime it's got to be right now or bad things are gonna happen I would seriously consider pause reevaluate hopefully you got some refundable tickets and you can reschedule for maybe summertime uh, of 2022 hmm. uh, let us see we'll check and see 
folks have thoughts. I mean, if you traveled anywhere, you can let us know. Maybe maybe Gus is just talking hogwash. Maybe this is uh, the best time to fly, and it's all safe, and it's no problem, and you can verify. You got your peanuts and tickets to the show for it. Uh, let's see. Folks who dialed in with a hand up, uh, if you have commentary to share, your own situation or others, proceed. Baby Hurt? Yes, sir. Yes, good evening, uh, Drake138. Um, good evening, callers. Good evening, listeners. Good evening, Gus. I uh, just wanted to share, uh, I'm going to share an interesting anecdote that happened to me yesterday at the workplace. Um, I ran into an old uh, colleague, and he was actually regaling somebody else with a story about um, an incident that happened. So it turns out the incident involved me. So once he told me what was happening, I recognized immediately that was that was the, the incident involved me. I said, yeah, that, I'm the person that, that's been talked about. And he didn't have a, like I said, didn't, well, the, the, the reaction was interesting. And I just wanted to, note that and then I want to talk about I moved into a new responsibility at the job and it's more than I had originally imagined but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it it's just just talking about I just want to share some of that and just wanted to participate I'll think about some other stuff that's happening in the workplace because there's always something happening I just want to start the um the conversation, and I'll, I'll mute my line. Thank you. Hmm. Much, uh, much obliged for sharing, Dread. Um, again, was going to be volunteering to narrate as well. Um, well, I guess I don't know. I guess with the new responsibilities, I guess that's a good thing. Maybe you get to learn, even though he said it was more than what he anticipated. Now, I don't know if they set him up, kind of. Uh, false expectations uh, type of a thing because uh, that I think does happen a lot of times with black people as well where we'll come to a new job or promotion or whatever and we don't have things explained to us truthfully completely so hopefully it'll be something where you can it'll just be more to learn where you'll have more information and uh, will you know be able to demonstrate your mastery uh, of your, your current job and whatever new skills uh, you had to pick up with this new hire and yeah that'll be great you'll just be uh, even more informed and have a little bit more more things few more things to brag about I guess on your your resume and what have you uh, let's see uh, that's dread other folks who dialed in with a hand up uh, you have commentary to share uh, line should be open proceed Hello? Uh, yes, ma'am. Our caller in Georgia. Uh, we can hear you as well. I just went away. I was like, okay. Um, I recently got a temporary job outside of the home. Um, I had worked out 
outside of the home in a business capacity and a while. I worked outside the home in academics teaching, but not in this capacity. I've been there two weeks so far. Um, I was working as a contemporary contractor. The person that brought me in was a black person, black female. Um, she seems very confident. She thinks I'm very confident, so, you know, that's good. Um, the situation, because um, it deals with numbers, is messy. She knew that. She told me that. She's very clear on that. Um, but it was very different, and I, working at home for a while, I do appreciate going into the office, um, especially, I think, like, the one of the um, speakers or one of the clips was saying, you know, certain type of tasks, this particular task, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. I think it's important in this particular time for me to be in the office to be collaborative and kind of see what the mess is and kind of work through how to fix it. Um, cause, well, primarily you need access to software and tools, and it's hard to get that at home the way this company is set up to do things like that. Um, it's a factory. They make a, um, a product that should be around for a while. Um, the, I guess the quote unquote blue collar people, I guess, you know, the fact factory workers, um, lot, there's some diversity, lots of black people. Um, but I live in Georgia, so that's, Really, not that much of a shock. Um, but I guess in the non-factory type jobs, if you're, um, I guess, leadership or going towards leadership, it's, um, I guess it's different because I'm, the person who brought me in, she, I guess she's black, and there's a black man. Both of these at the same location, and they're the highest black people and this is a company based in Quebec, Canada. Um, they hire a lot of Hispanic people. So I've talked to many Hispanic people. Um, but their focus, because, you know, they have a corporate website, their focus is gender diversity, not racial diversity. So, you know, that's what their focus seems to be internally, because it says so on the internal website. Um, the people that work there, that I work with, excluding my boss on our team, are white people. And she doesn't believe they're doing the greatest job. The people around her who were there, oh, she's only been there a month. Let me say that she's only been there a month, so she didn't hire these people. She didn't. She, I guess, inherited, or this was the team she had when she got there. Um, they seem to not be doing the best work they can do. I'm not going to call people names or anything, but they don't seem to be doing the best work, the work that needs to be done at this time. Let me say it like that. Um, so. She's talking about possibly, you know, shifting their duties or 
you know, removing them from the company. And it's like you inherited these people. You, They were brought in without the ideal skill set. So, you know, God bless her with that. Um, it seems nice enough, but I'm still learning and observing. And, um, yeah, it's just really something. I had never worked in this environment before. Um, I, the commute is a little long driving for me, but I do like it because, again, there's so many things that need to be done. When you come home, you can kind of de you know, kind of get rid of that on the way home so that when you're home, you don't focus on that. I know some jobs, if you do work at home, there are a lot of projects and things weighing on your mind. Then you walk out the, if you have an office in your home, you walk out there, your kids, you know, spouse or whoever other family members. And if you're not in the best mood, you know, you may not be able to, you know, breathe or meditate or do what you have to do to calm yourself down. So I do actually like having a commute. Um, but it's very different. Um, she wants me to stay. So she's working on that. I don't have a... I kind of roam from space to space to work, which, you know, is new to me. I've always had at least a cubicle or something or someplace. You know, unless you're a teacher, you walk from classroom to classroom at the collegiate level. But even... You know, if you work at a university, if you're hired there, you usually have a spot where you can do some paperwork or something. So this is new, but some weird, weird, weirder things happen. I will let you know, but it's very interesting, again, because I haven't been out there in a while, but. Listen. Right on, right on. Um, I guess just the learning being out, because uh, I think, yeah, you've been telling us, you know, you've been working remotely and all that, getting your benefits and perks and, you know, positive evaluations and things. So uh, I guess slightly different uh, being out in person to to some degree and that whole work uh environment um i've talked <coughs> excuse me i talked before when we're in work environments and people come to like grouse and complain about uh other employees to be really mindful about that i generally look at that sort of thing as uh gossiping when folks are just going around and oh my gosh these folks you know they don't even work hard and oh they just are so lame and they suck and, rah, 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 and all the rest of it like try as best that you can to you know so we're not hopping in that and i'm just oh yeah i thought the same thing that no count timmy is lazy and late every day and blah 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 and all the rest of it because man they'll flip it around and have it so that we were the ones who instigated the whole conversation and oh yeah he came over to just to talk to me about all these folks are lazy and shiftless and blah 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 and I was like really and I was sticking up for Ted and Roger and everybody so that is very common we've heard a lot of folks you know get into those type of and, and it might even be true you know that the folks you know, who knows <laughs> they they don't work very hard who knows um, but yeah that is that is one that we've heard a few times um, 
I guess just going into a new work uh, environment, I guess just I always say that's a great time to be mindful about policy and procedure. I don't know if you know what the training uh, and all that, the kind of orientation uh, to the new work environment. I don't know what all that looked like, but I always think that's a great time to just ask questions to make sure you're clear uh, as much as possible about what the new environment like the um, workplace culture and policy and procedure so you'll know what to expect I always think that's a great time to just ask questions so you have as much clarity as possible um, generally new employee new environment it should be encouraged to ask you know lots of questions so that you know what's going on and all the rest of it so uh, question away if you can um, let's see anything else uh, the commute um, that is awesome if you can use your commute in that manner I know many folks they stomp and grouse and curse uh, about that commute although I have heard some folks who I guess say they listen to the cows awesome uh, when they have their little drive home or wherever they're going uh, if you can use that to decompress do some meditation breathing exercises you know whatever it is as you're kind of driving on in if you're someplace where it's not cold and you can get some sunshine or at least some fresh air uh, as you're going in spectacular uh, so that you can kind of shift your energy from the whatever the work uh, think uh, wavelength was to entering your residence especially if you have like children or a spouse or if you live with other people really even if you live by yourself uh, but especially if you're going to be around other people that way if you are still bothered stressed about things that happened while you were at work you can use that drive time to kind of distance process if you're you know it's still on your mind uh, you can you know kind of record right you can put it on speakerphone and do like a recorded uh, workplace journal entry uh, for that day do an audio entry uh, what happened your thoughts about it all the pertinence time date blah 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 uh, and then bam process through it and let it go that way you can if you have to be around your offspring or other family members they don't have to pick up on all your ickiness uh, or at least it won't be so fresh uh, where you can kind of have let loose of that a little bit and can kind of continue with your uh, kind of detoxification um, from you know everything that you have to deal with in the work environment so bravo for constructive use of the commute if you don't have to drive you can do all that you can read like you have even more uh, options open to you for folks who take the train or you know whatever else uh, let's see uh, number again 720-716-7300 decode 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate uh, well, one thing I guess I would add as well uh, for anyone if you uh, get to start like a new job or whatever uh, also make sure that you have total clarity about their COVID-19 policy like testing vaccine uh, distancing work from a, like the whole shebang as much as you can possibly think of if you think you're going to be working here for six months or whatever it is like 
ask lots of questions if they have like a written out COVID-19 policy ask for it so you can read it at your leisure you do not want to be stunned about any of that if it's really detailed great you want to know all the details if they don't have much where it looks like you know a bar of soap that's their COVID-19 plan <laughs> like wash your hands that's the plan if you want to know that too lots of questions just so that you know, no confusion at all like I'm very aware of what their standards are what their guidelines are as it relates to COVID-19 the vaccine all that let's see Mm-mm-mm. And folks are spectating for the moment. I will take a few seconds, make sure we get in. One will be here. I already said Sunday, Global Sunday Talk on Racism. I am uh, looking forward to using some of that time. Uh, I guess this will be our last Global Sunday Talk of 2021. So we can get our, you know, whatever we want to say about the rubbish of this year and what we're looking forward to or whatever from a global perspective. Uh, But I'm also looking forward just to kind of get there. Uh, updates on the COVID-19 situation. Uh, we had uh, some of our uh, listeners, uh, I guess said family members, talking about doing international travel. And I just think like, wow, that is that could be super risky, given everything that's happening on the planet right now. Uh, if it were me, I've said, you know, no, no unnecessary travel, even domestically, but like internationally. Wow, that just to me seems like a lot of risks. So uh, I'm curious to hear from our folks in different parts of the world just to hear what's what's being talked about in terms of travel. Are they talking about travel restrictions? What's being talked about, period? Are they talking about, you know, lockdown and all the rest of it? Just to hear how things sound in different parts of the world Uh, from pretty much everything that I've seen. uh, It looks really uncertain Uh, in different parts of Europe and other areas. uh, They're talking about, you know, even more restrictions on people that are unvaccinated, fines for people that are unvaccinated, lockdowns. I know the last time that we talked to uh, African 1884 in Austria, they were on lockdown. Uh, We'll see on Sunday if the lockdown is ongoing, but they uh, were supposed to be locked down for about 30 days. So that would be my vote. Now, I know younger people. Hey, whatever world is my oyster i'm gonna do what i want i'm grown you're not the boss of me blah 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 all that i would at least encourage lots of homework uh when i say lots of homework what do i mean like if you say uh you know i want to take a trip you know gus is you know he doesn't know what he's talking about broke negro if he had uh two quarters uh he'd go you know wherever he'd go to thailand he'd go to fiji he had some sky miles saved up oh yeah TV back in Hawaii or whatever, uh, you should do exemplary work. And I mean all kinds of research. What are the restrictions? What does it take to get into the country? What's the policy if you test positive? Is it different if you're vaccinated? If you're unvaccinated, do you have to have proof of ID? Like hotel, like all of that. You check with the State Department, like you know every possible thing, like in order to fly out. Uh, when I get to the airport, do I have to pass a COVID-19 test, show that I'm negative to get on the plane? Is that the procedure for me to get in the country? Like all of the details, especially if you are not vaccinated. Like I cannot imagine hopping on a plane to go someplace as a non-white person. System of racism. 
if I'm not vaccinated and or I don't have like quality uh, proof of vaccination that I can show at a moment's notice, I would be a little bit more hesitant. A lot of wacky things could happen anyway, racist on the plane and all the rest of it. But then on top of that, I'm not vaccinated. Matter of fact, they just had a report today. I didn't even uh, get to it. It was literally it was just before we went live. It was President Joe Biden issues a warning to the unvaccinated. I was stunned. Even the language like, what do you mean? A warning? He, he's not issuing a warning to racists. Irresponsible gun owners. Junk food peddlers like Kellogg's. He's not issuing a warning to them. He's issuing a warning to the unvaccinated. That's why I said it's been that sort of climate. So with all that, I would be very hesitant leery about doing any sort of like international travel right now especially if I am not vaccinated seems like that could be a whole nother wrinkle uh, for a black person uh, trying to go someplace really far but that's just my again bottom line if you are going to go be super super informed so that nothing is a surprise you are ready for it all Regardless of what happens, I already planned for this. Bring it on. That's the way you should be ready to travel. Let's see. Other folks who dialed in. Anybody, if you've had to travel for business, I guess certainly if we got anybody with COVID-19 updates for your workplace, let us know because that is so, you know, every five minutes changing. We definitely want to hear about that in safety. Uh, and then if you if we have any folks uh, have had to do any traveling uh, for their workplace, let us know. Has it been safe? Are you taking any precautions or are they great? If you normally would do a lot of traveling for your workplace, if it's been the opposite, where now you're not doing all that traveling, you can let us know that, too. Uh, other folks who dialed in with a hand up proceed. Uh, yes, ma'am. We can hear you. Okay. Oh, thank you. Um, so I think that January 4th, 2022 will be the deadline for uh, all employees that are, are employed in corporations with at least, I think, 100 employees or something to that effect, as well as uh, the federal government will require everyone to be vaccinated or else uh, I believe uh, uh, those that have not been vaccinated will uh, experience, um, what do you call, um, possibly dismissal, discipline, et cetera, unless you've received either a medical or religious exemption. So I wanted to offer uh, some resources for people uh, that might be interested in pursuing uh, specifically a religious exemption. I recently applied for one at my job that has well over 100 employees, and uh, I was my, relig- my religious accommodation was approved. So, um, oh, I just lost my bookmark here. I had my information. But anyway, um, uh, oh, can you come back to me? I want, I had everything here and, um, <laughs> my computer screen went blank. I'm sorry. I, I need to get myself together and I'll come back and share it. Sorry about that. I feel you. 
happens to the best of us get you discombobulated have everything all set up and then whammo <laughs> you do not yes we will come back to you uh once you uh get things all okay. straightened out no problem um but yeah that would be okay. good to know that's that's right there like i was saying previously about the um guest networks right that they have those they have youtube channels and all the rest where you can go and get that those uh religious exemptions man there has been so much uh white defiance and white people saying Psh, you're not the boss of me you're not gonna make me take a vaccine and blah 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 man they have extensive now that might depend a little bit on which state you're in because uh, some states might have a different uh procedure for acquiring the religious exemption or whatever it's going to be so you might have to check specific to your jurisdiction but oh man they got tons because I, I know they got some for where i am in washington state they put detailed videos together this is the form to fill out this is the language to use this is what you say this is what you don't say these are kind of like they went through all of it so you can be super prepared and bam knock it out of the box feel really confident that you will get your exemption approved so yes there are lots of resources that she has once she gets i guess her bookmarks and such together uh she can share those but that's just you know we talk about all the time policy and procedure like for sure because all this about the vaccine is a change to policy and procedure so be informed how is your workplace dealing with it are you in one of those spots where you have options where you can do testing or is it no go got to be vaccinated that's how it is uh, and even for some places with the omicron variant that's caused so many disruptions like just with the some of the professional sports leagues alone they've had so many cancellations and people testing positive uh even people who you know allegedly were vaccinated they have changed their policy and procedure again uh there were some things if you were vaccinated you got certain privileges and you could do things and and if you were unvaccinated you couldn't do they went back and changed a lot of that they took away some of the privileges that people had if they were vaccinated like up oh, nope, spreading too much sorry about that everybody's gonna have to wear masks and blah 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 regardless if you're vaccinated so it is definitely it's one of those times like i said uh, policy and procedure might change every day every week that alone will be your homework keeping up with policy and procedure you do not want any of those changes to be a surprise especially if it's covid related like vaccine or any of that none of that you don't want to be walking in and be like what you changed to what like nah you want to be oh no sir so you want to be super informed about all of that in advance and then if it's not clear that way you can have questions ready to ask break it down for me like i'm six about this part here on page five Let's see. Yes, yes. Oh, Thank you for that. Yes. May I proceed? I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Bookmarks together. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the first one is www.lc.org, and LC stands for Liberty Council, and this particular uh, entity provides. Uh, information on how to uh, prepare or uh, a religious exemption 
And then the second one is americasfrontlinedoctors.org, and that uh, provides also provides very useful information on uh, preparing your religious exemption. Um, I also wanted to mention when you do prepare it, um, cite, specifically cite um, things like Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which pr- prohibits discrimination you know, based on color, race, you know, religion specifically, um, because that was one of the things that I cited in my accommodation request. And I'm not saying that that, you know, was the overwhelming factor and why it was approved, but I believe that uh, employers are betting on people not uh, understanding that or not knowing that as part of their rights. Um, and I, as a Christian, uh, put in th- the reason why I objected to the religious, or I'm sorry, objected to the vaccination um, and why it would be burdensome to me. So if you specifically point that out and, uh, for example, you indicate what you what your particular belief is and then you uh, uh, just explain why the particular COVID vaccination would be a burden on your particular belief, um, that will really uh, go a long way in uh, helping uh, your your case. So I just wanted to just provide those resources for people and because it can be done. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, good luck to everyone. Thank you. Much obliged. Uh, did they have any, because uh, like they, they're talking about, as I said, more punitive measures. So did they do anything like in terms of requiring you to do any excessive testing uh, or any sort of surcharge like up oh, you're not going to be vaccinated now we're going to charge you an extra fifty dollars per month for your health benefits and that type of thing did you get any sort of uh, punitive action like that or no no nothing like that they only mentioned that the I should take mitigation uh, precautions like of course wearing my mask socially uh, you know being socially distanced um, and that's it. Uh, but no, no weekly testing, nothing, nothing punitive at all, which I'm really grateful for. Right on, right on. Awesome. Uh, the sites she referred us to, LC, www.lc.org and America's frontline doctors.org. Uh, check them out. Not an endorsement from Gus T, but check them out. See if they, I uh, can help you uh, if you want to pursue filling out the paperwork and what have you get your religious uh, exemption. Uh, she also mentioned mentioning Title uh, Seven uh, when you write it up. Uh, invoking white laws, policy and procedure can be helpful to <laughs> mitigate, mitigate mistreatment sometimes. Uh, let's see. Uh, other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, uh, commentary to share, suggestions to offer, proceed. Hi, Gus. May I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Um, I, I can. I just want to make sure. I, I wanted to discuss a workplace racism uh, issue. I see that you guys were talking about. It seems like um, the uh, methods to be able to. Um, not have to get the vaccine. Is it okay if I kind of shift the topic to something different? I don't want to go too far off. It's all workplace racism this evening. Proceed. 
Okay, thank you, sir. Um, first and foremost, uh, I want to kind of want to discuss and kind of get some advice about a situation. So, I work in a department uh, with all white males, and um, for some odd reason, I'm the only person that is required to, you know, literally clock in and clock out through out the, you know, through my working hours. Um, I learned, you know, prior to my employment that I that the white female who was in the position did not have to do that. Um, and so, you know, my manager has not made any um, attempts to really change that, so I've just been going with it. So uh, apparently they had a holiday lunch or like during the middle of the day. And, you know, my uh, immediate manager, you know, kind of got upset with me because I, you know, did not attend. And, you know, I explained to him um, you know, that I have to, I only get, you know, an hour lunch and, you know, this event was going to last probably about two, two and a half hours. Um, you know, he kind of, you know, got upset about that. And, um, you know, later that day, another male coworker, you know, came to me, um, and he was, uh, basically saying, you know, uh, Hey, you know, maybe what you should do is, uh, you know, bring your cell phone and, you know, clock in and clock out, basically just um, not be honest, you know, about my time. And, you know, I told him, you know, that, and I feel like, honestly, that was kind of a, like a setup scenario because, you know, the minute, you know, I would do that, you know, it would be obviously held against me because I would essentially be stealing time. So it's just kind of, you know, ironic to me that, you know, my manager, he wants me to attend, you know, these lunches, but, you know, not being considerate that, you know, if I attend, then, you know, the following week I've got to figure out some kind of way to, um, you know, make up my time. You know, if it lasts, you know, two or three hours, I've got to either cut my lunches short or come in early. But um, I guess to get more to the point, you know, ever since that incident has occurred, it seems like the, uh, you know, my manager has been acting a little, uh, like, weird, you know, towards me, like I was doing my job like I normally do, you know, processing all my paperwork, you know, pretty much quick turnaround. And, you know, he just randomly, you know, sent me an email, which was like, hey, you know, can you go ahead and, you know, get this, get, you know, these invoices or get this taken care of and kind of put some speed to it. And I was thinking like, you know, pretty much I'm sending them out and turning it around, you know, and, um, Later in the week, there was another event, and uh, it was in the evening time, and I, you know, declined that one. He was like, oh, you know, he was really pushing me to go again, and, you know, I didn't because, I, you know, I don't really, I don't drink. a lot of drinking, and, you know, it was, I'm pretty much the only female. But um, I guess my, my question is, number one, um, what recommendations would you have with this uh, timesheet I guess this issue of them wanting me to go, but, you know, I'm going to have to figure out a way to make up some time. And then the second one is, you know, now all of a sudden that I, you know, opted to not attend these luncheons with these other companies, you know, now my boss is kind of, you know, um, I guess basically being, you know, passive, you know, aggressive, you know, towards me. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's really, I don't know. I just this is a new job, and I'm I'm trying not to. I'm trying to you know have a code, but 
you know, I didn't expect this to really happen. So I just wanted to see if you or any of the listeners, you know, had any thoughts, you know, on that. I just don't think it's a fair situation, especially I'm the only one. You know, they can, you know, just leave for their lunch any time. They don't have to clock in or out, whereas I'm, you know, hourly. So just not fair all the way around, but the system of white supremacy is not fair <laughs> to begin with. So that, that's all I wanted to say and see if I could get maybe some guidance on that. Much obliged uh, for sharing music to my ears. Uh, I don't drink standard operating procedure. Uh, so let's see. I guess with the issues, number one, now see, this is exactly why uh, I've been talking about the office party situation for some weeks now uh, because that is such a big deal. Talking about office culture and the culture of white supremacy. Those tacky gatherings end up being a big deal uh, in a number of workplaces. Like we've had uh, people call in before who said that like when they have um, like birthday luncheons sometimes for people who work there or retirement parties, birth, uh, Christmas parties, whatever, Halloween shindigs, whatever. Uh, they get really upset if you don't attend sometimes like I, I said before like for sometimes that could be grounds for firing or they have a promotion coming up like uh, uh uh she didn't come to the Christmas party no promotion for her like that sort of thing so that's why I said for some places like hey you kind of have to make an assessment like if it seems like they are kind of twisting your arms uh metaphor uh, and you know looking like they're going to be really upset like you're going to be nagged about this and they're going to be looking at you all sideways for the next year because you didn't go to the Christmas party like ooh maybe I'll go hang out with them for 30 minutes especially any of the ones if it's going to be during work hours like I think you said there was one that was like during lunch if it's that type of situation just go and make an appearance for 30 minutes you sit, mm-hmm, I was here, someone will see, oh yeah, I was there, mm-hmm, and then I'm out. And then you say exactly, you say, hey, I got an hour lunch, I don't have a whole lot of free time, like, try to get things done, be productive while I'm here, like, I don't have all day to kick it down there. They should understand that. Uh, all the stuff that's away from the office, like, woof. We all just kind of have to make decisions, like, sometimes we can wait, like you said, if it's a new job, for some people, it might be, hey, it's a new job. I want to get off on the right foot, as they say. I want to make a great, you know, first impression. I'll go to the Christmas party for 20 minutes. You know, if it's after work or whatever, I'll go. I'm not going to drink. I'll take, you know, a care mate, a care mate or a friend or whatever with me. We'll hang out. No, you know, acting crazy. We won't eat anything. And then we'll leave after 30 minutes. So we were there. Move forward. Right. Also, I could see like, hey, I don't drink. She said repeatedly. I'm like the only female here black female non-white female to boot why am I hanging out who knows where they are what kind of bar this is or whatever why am I hanging out you ought to get your shots your vodka whatever else you're drinking drink your scotch on the rocks I'm not even why am I hanging out here I hate being around people man anybody if you are sober and everybody else is intoxicated like oh my god those are some of the worst environments to be in so I've said also like, hey, that can also be one. Hey, I'm a parent. I'm still being really cautious about this whole COVID-19 thing. I, for the time being, am still avoiding big gatherings. So I will 
wish you all the best hope everything you know is great you'll have a grand time but just not taking any risks with my children and family right now i think for most folks that one should be good too uh, it's just about making a decision with those Christmas parties, kind of making an assessment about um, how 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 bent out of shape are they going to be if I don't go to this Christmas party? And then how much is that going to bother me uh, if they are angry? Is that going to mess up my promotion or is that just going to be something where they give me dirty looks, you know, for the next two months? And then after that is forgotten. Right. And, you know, I, for the like the evening thing, I don't. And, you know, Gus, I, I really feel like my manager has like nefarious, nefarious intent in terms of like, you know, I kind of sense. And, you know, because of some of the other things in the office that he, um, you know, he's married. But, you know, I kind of I just don't you know, like I just don't feel, you know, real comfortable, you know, um, like. I guess, you know, around him in that, in that way. And the office culture there, you know, it's in construction. So it's, you know, a bunch of guys and, you know, they're, you know, they kind of, you know, especially, you know, white males, you know, they're cussing and, you know, doing all kinds of other things. So one of the main reasons, you know, I didn't really attend is because I just don't feel, um, you know, comfortable um, being with my, my manager because I feel that he kind of, you know, dotes on me a little too much. So I just try to um, avoid that because I don't want anyone to get the perception because one of the things when I first started, you know, I had people come up to me to try to get me to say something, you know, about his, um, like his physique. You know, it's just things to kind of, you know, set you up. And, you know, I caught on, you know, I really quickly to figure out, like, you know, why are they trying to get me to, you know, say something about his, uh, you know, his body because of the way he, he's built. So I try to, you know, avoid anything, um, you know, off-site. You know, another thing, and I'll be really brief, that I want to mention that he what he did, you know, one time um, very recently I requested, you know, a vacation off. And in my office, protocol is to, you know, send an email, put it in your timekeeping system, and, um, you know, I even emailed him directly and said, you know, hey, can I request X day off? And, you know, he said, sure, he approved. Well, you know, the following day, you know, I, um, you know, stayed home and, you know, he texted me, which he's never, never done before, which that surprised me. And he asked me, you know, you know, hey, you know, where are you? You know, I was, I was worried about you. I was like, um, you know, I requested, you know, vacation. And he was like, well, oh, oh, yeah, you know. Now it was, uh, it's coming back to me. Now, now I remember. And I thought that was really odd. So ever since that incident, I, you know, and I normally don't, we don't text. I just, I started this job, um, in August. So that to me was kind of weird because, you know, he was telling me how he was, you know, worried about me. Yet I start work at seven and he didn't text me until, you know, like 10 or so, like late morning. So, Ever since then and other things, I try, I said, you know what, I'm only going to, you know, I'm not going to get involved in, like, holiday parties or anything because somebody's going to get drunk and say something or there's going to be an expectation and I'm the only woman there and I just don't even want to put myself, you know, through that. So right now I'm just getting, you know, passive-aggressive type behavior, but I don't know what it will be, you know, three months later or if it will affect my uh, promotion, but, you know, and white white supremacy is really un, unpredictable. So who knows? 
I feel you. It can be difficult to, you know, as you said, predict their conduct other than they do mistreat non-white people pretty consistently. Um, with that additional info, like you feeling like there might be some sort of uh, flirtatious, like incorrect sexual activity type of a thing. And that is like rampant uh, at all of these little tacky uh, Christmas parties, like even like my personal experience when I've worked on jobs where they have uh, like Christmas parties or holiday parties or whatever it is, I've been told like direct, like during the orientation, you can be fired for your conduct during the office party. Behave like you're at work, like all of this, and talking about people who went there and acted a fool. And oh yeah, remember that time John went and he got drunk and lurched out at Sally and all. And that'll be pretense, right? Like the setup for all this. Like, oh, yeah, let's have a couple of drinks. And then they have the built-in excuse. Like, oh, yeah, I've just had too many drinks. And it's been a stressful year. We got the Rona. And it's been a lot on my mind. And all of that. Even even the lead-up. Like, can you imagine? Comment on his physique. Come on now. Orenthal James is working in the office. And the, wow, what do you think of that OJ's physique? What? What? Especially if it's a black male and we're talking going around and you asking white female employee, what do you think his body? Hmm. Get out of here all day, every day. Like that is totally inappropriate. And that's what I mean about just being serious where. <sighs> come on now. I do not in any way, shape, form. I'm not in for any sort of office romance let's be professional thank you kindly but yeah with that anything like that once that's been suggested I feel like that's just not we're not hanging out no environment with drinks nothing like that off of you know away from the work site like I'm cool if that means I don't get the promotion well you could have did that anyway if you had been trying to pick up on me and I shot you down that would have been that would have been justification so no I'm good you know like I said we got other things to do and all the rest of it. I guess real quick with the timesheet, and then other folks can say that. I get now. If other people are not having a clock in and I am, that would stand out. Even the, watch that word fair. I think that was used. That would stand out. But I mean, I guess if it's one of those things where if they are on a salary and I'm hourly, I guess they could justify like, well, you, you know, that's how we pay you and everything, so you have to check in, and they don't because they're on salary. I guess uh, that could be it. If if that's not the case and I'm the only one where they're coming around like hey you didn't clock in and blah 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 and all the rest of it that would stand out but I mean that's pretty standard most employers can reasonably request their employees to clock in so I guess that's one you know I can't think of a reason not to you know to do it the lying though where someone suggested that in terms of hey you could lie and you know clock in falsely and blah 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 I would not do any of that exactly as you said in my experience, we've had people on the program. Anytime somebody in a work environment, white person or non-white people, but like especially if it's a white person and they're making some sort of suggestion that is a flagrant violation of policy and procedure, never follow it. Never. Exactly as you said, that could be like a setup where they're waiting for you to do this. Like, oh, is she going to? Oh, she did. Let me go tell Bob. 
and then bam they set you up the whole you see that you may have fabricated some hours uh and as you said we take time theft very seriously around we have to have integrity among our employees and all the rest of it so never uh do any of that as much uh surveillance and cameras and all the rest of it that they have now that is just asking for trouble uh, I would just if it if there was some sort of uh, difficulty, they didn't have an apparatus for me to clock in or whatever. I would just ask about that. But, yeah, no lying uh, about the time that you worked or whatever, you know, clock in, whatever means that they provide. Do that. Um, and the Christmas party, I just wouldn't. Yeah. If they're going to do one that's there, maybe I go by and wave for a little bit and that. But nothing that is off the premise. And I would already have my speech together about no touching, no contact, even that texting. See, that's the second time we've had somebody where I've already put in my vacation in advance. And then they come around trying to mess over that standard operating procedure. They do that all the time. I forgot so quickly that you weren't here. Oh, I just had to text you. We just we miss you. You're such a vital member of our team. Need me to stop by? just drifting off see they just they just hop over that boundary every especially if that's one i'm sure they don't do that for most other folks they take their day off i gotta text you i forgot that you were uh taking a day off so i need to text and call and check on you on your day off to see what you're up to that's another we had tons of folks and he, and he emailed me and he well he confirmed you know that it was okay to take vacation so it's like nobody forgets that quick and I know he would have never done that to you know the the white male you know there's a white male who has so much vacation time accumulated he takes off every Friday and he's been doing that since last year and so I'm certain he would never do that to him and I don't text my bosses so that's why when I when he did that I kind of wondered like you know why he would go and you know look up my information to you know, text me, and to me, it just seemed almost like he wanted to get into personal banter, but I'm going to take your, you know, advice. I'm not going to falsify my time, and I'm, you know, all of these lunches were, you know, off the premises, and um, I guess I'm just going to have to find a way maybe to just document the passive-aggressive behavior and, you know, how he's, you know, kind of treating me now that I've kind of shot both of those uh, lunches down. But there's not really much more than I can, you know, do unless you start to being, um, you know, really overt, which they, you know, they never, they, you know, they're smart enough not to do anything to get caught. But, um, you know, thank you, Gus, for listening. And that kind of, you know, very, you know, uh, gave me confirmation, you know, what I, you know, did and how I handled it, um, you know, was, was the proper way. It's just figuring out a way to kind of navigate this um his behavior now now that it's you know changed document document in case you know it escalates um and i agree too that it, it i mean it's just he wouldn't have done i know he wouldn't have done that for the other white employees especially white males they don't come to work and i gotta text you on your personal line get into some banter about why you're not here like yeah all of that is totally and just violating personal boundaries and again we have so many folks who've talked about this same exact behavior not in for a day that was approved then all these personal contacts emails like you were saying the rest of it uh when i'm not there what is this all about yeah and and trust your judgment too i think that's part of it where they uh will do different things to kind of undermine our confidence be in toronto was talking about that we've had a number of folks who talked about that over the years where they just undermine what you're uh processing how you're understanding your situation i mean you've got a little 
potential Jeffrey Epstein right there uh, looking to do some sort of he's, he's married and he's doing all this uh, and then mad because you don't want to go to the Christmas party with him and his other guys and that's the type of situation if it's all super white males you want to talk about toxic white masculinity man if he's doing all that I might be willing to bet five bucks that he and some of the other white colleagues have had a conversation about you, especially you keep saying you're the only black female that's worked there. Like, oh, man, monsters ball. What do you say? Like the dark oak. If they do any hanging out, as she said, the Christmas party, they're going to hang out and drink. I'm going to put five dollars. He and at least one other white male coworker have had some sort of uh, promiscuous conversation about you. I could be totally wrong, but. That's just my understanding of white culture, uh, what might men do. Uh, did any other folks have any suggestions for this situation, either the time, uh, I guess, clocking in component of it or the Christmas uh, party incorrect contact on the day off? Any suggestions for how she's handling all of this? Anything she could do better to stay safe? you come up with anything you can think about it and share uh follow logic again i this is kind of to you and everybody else you ma'am and all the other folks listening in archives or live uh trust your judgment we all make mistakes gusty mr fuller everybody we all make mistakes uh but the system of white supremacy does so much to just undermine our logic to where we don't even listen our brain computer is spitting out logic and we'll ignore it like oh that's not what it is that's a good white man he probably just wants to go and talk about christmas stories no, everything is reading out. Something is not quite perfect. At minimum, this is not professional behavior. I don't drink. Lots of red flags here. Trust your logic. Do not allow white folks in a work environment to, or anywhere really, but especially in a work environment to undermine your confidence and black self-respect. Uh, the number again is 720 716 Seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. Uh, other folks who dialed in, uh, if you have commentary to share, uh, if we missed you, I guess make sure we don't uh, you don't wait till the last minute. But other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up. Line should be open. Proceed. Can I be heard? Uh, Bay Area mom. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, greetings to you and the rest of the people on the line. Um, workplace racism. Oh, first, um, the lady that just um, was telling her story about uh, whatever we were just talking about. So, I think that she should go to some of the parties too. Not, I, I get, I get it with the guy being, um, maybe he might be aggressive or whatever, a little touchy feely, but you know, you could figure out, you know, especially with, the, um, sexual harassment laws and stuff that if that happens, but I think if you don't go, at least maybe 20, 30 minutes, kind of like Gus said, that 
they'll start they will start bothering you and really making it tight or pushing you out the door and then you probably have to find another job anyway. That's probably not gonna be your permanent job because it's already showing you that they're a little um complicated and they want you around for especially if you just say, Well no, I don't wanna do this. No, we, we needed you to be here for lunch. Well no, I clock in, I, I can't well no, no. We still need you to be here. So yeah, just go to some Maybe the the more mandatory ones, I don't know. Just do as much as you can, you know, within the um, guidelines, but don't stay past your lunch. Go, you know, I got to go, I got to clock in and just go. That's what I think. Um, Sorry you have to go through that. That that, that sucks. I guess I'll start complaining about my job. Um, And I wish you well with um, whatever decision you make dealing with these creeps. Um, what can you think for me? I, um, my computer hasn't been working for a couple of days, um, so I haven't really been able to, I'm just caring versus, uh, running goals. Um, I don't know if it's my computer or the system, but some, I guess other people are up because my supervisor, the Spanish-speaking one, she overlapped today. Probably on purpose because she knows there's no work to do. But um, she overlapped today and um, no value. I guess it's just getting money to me because I didn't. I make her work by asking her questions and asking her, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Well, when I did that, what do you think I had to make her engage? Because it's no real. She's just there. But, um, and then, of course, after canceling all last week. So I have to you know, renew my um, certification and stuff, so it's really crunch time. So everything's been so hectic, especially with my supervisor, because she's going to leave. She's going out of the country, the black one. So she's going out of the country for a little while um, next month. And then um, I think her last next month, in the beginning of the month, it's, she won't. This her last few weeks. So Yeah, um, I don't know who they'll have as a supervisor for me. Um, yeah, so um, that's gonna be yeah, gonna be, yeah. So she was she brought some stuff for me, some stuff because I guess she's not gonna, she doesn't know she's gonna do um, children for a while, just you know doing what she's doing as a supervisor. So, um, she's just not sure yet. So, uh, she brought the stuff that she had for me for the, my little AM clock child. And, um, she, um, she'll come back next week and, um, she'll let me know on her last day. Um, but my second family that I go to, it's so hectic. It's it's just so hectic. So um, it's just real confusing because the dad, he's, um, I think he's just agitated in general about whatever he's agitated about, just whatever life is. And so I'm not um, really mad at him. It's just uh, complicated because 
it's hard to do my job in there um, with all the changing, you know. No one understands the goal, so every time he's not with me, go in there with her, and but he's allowed a break, but they don't they don't know it or something. They don't they don't every time I explain the program, they don't really care, you know, about what I'm doing, just as long as he's just go in there. So this seems like to me. So, um I uh I'm just think of I think I guess I'm think I'm ready to just I don't have to be all the way out. I can still work with the little boy, but I would work with him and his brother versus just him, and it wouldn't be work. I would just be babysitting, and that's through another company that I signed up with um, so I could do just that for the two boys. So um, today I had a um, inner some kind of something for the school district. So I'm going to see if I can just do that instead. Um, try it out at least and see. And and that's it. So that's my workplace racism for um, today. And thank you for taking my call. And I'll mute my line. Much obliged, Bay Area mom. Uh, we got one vote for attend the holiday parties, or at least the ones that are like on the on the work premises, uh, and just hang out for twenty minutes. Don't overstay, so it's you know eating into your work time, and then dip. Um, kind of suss out what's safe and will work for you. But one kind of vote to do a little bit, see if that will uh, sewage them. Um, Man, I, I feel like I can uh, hear it in your energy and your voice. Just like, man, the the repulsiveness of this job environment. Like we have lame supervisors who are not even engaged uh, in trying to work with these clients. A lot of which are black children. Uh, like, hey, and you you got to be the one to ask them questions. Well, what do you think about this? What should we be doing here? What about new goals here? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, goals, yes, uh-huh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, man, I mean, what in, what in the world? Like, where is your enthusiasm? Like, aren't you excited? And, again, she's talked about how these lazy white women supervisors, they've been on the Zoom. It's not like they've been out and having to go and, and go door to door and battle the Rona and got to make sure that they're safe and healthy and all that. I've been sitting at home. I'm wearing footies. And I'm, that's how much enthusiasm I got for these clients. White women educators, uh, tacky through and through. But I said like that, and that's that's the case for so many jobs where you have white people who are in charge, hiring, supervisors, all the rest of it. And if they're serving black clients, eh, whatever. If they got that sort of attitude about it. Man, it's hard to be motivated to come in and and be excited about your job. Like, I want to go in and do my best work. I'm not advancing in my career. I'm not valued as a worker. You don't even care about the clients that we serve. Like, (laughs) I'm not motivated. You don't care. I don't care either. We can all come in and just do, you know, no count work. And then even some of the parents where she said they're not engaged. I don't care. Just, you know, whatever. You're here to babysit. We can go do our thing. Thank God. Like, Woo. Value for children. Yes. 
throw away black children. Yes, yes. Pitiful, but those type of work environments, they can totally just sap, you know, all of your motivation where you're not even trying to learn anything on the job or grow any skills because you see those opportunities aren't even provided by the environment that you're in. Those are the type of environments that I would say really as best you can to make sure that you don't get trapped there for a long period of time because it's just, oh, it could be the worst to be in that sort of environment uh, where it could end up being something where it's five years that sort of thing just like oh my gosh I'm not picking up any skills I'm not advancing my career I'm not doing anything I'm not even getting you know cool job perks and things we get to go to you know Zimbabwe or Thailand or Fiji or something I can pick up some sky miles and travel and get some cool pics while I'm globe trotting doing this work nope don't even get all that just doing this working with other lame people who also don't care about their job like worst of all worlds uh, so, yes, hopefully uh, you'll be able to get the heck out of there soon. Uh, I do not blame you at all. They're just feeling, you know, this, this is not even worthy of my time and energy. I'm so over this. I totally feel you. Hopefully you'll be able to completely extricate soon. Uh, let's see. The number again, 720 Seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, comments to share, uh, what we've heard or suggestions, line should be open. Proceed. May I be heard? Uh, color in Florida? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Um, let's see. Uh, I wanted to start out with um, there was a report that I received from a, uh, a black female um, that works uh, on the other side of the office where apparently this uh, has something to do with new people that they're hiring. It's two people that they're trying to hire where I work in the department that I work in, um, two people in the civil area and one person in child support. So the traffic area, uh, apparently the black female, uh, only black person in the department in the traffic area made a comment about them needing more help over there. So there was an email by, you know, of course a click member um, she said in her response to an email to a white person saying that, well, hey, if we do get a new person, please get a, please get a new person that's not going to run to administration every time just because they can't take a joke, right? So, um, that was obviously an attack 
you know, an act of racism on the black female, the same one that I believe I said this, that they may uh, go downstairs to the drive-thru when COVID really started to uh, impact um, the courthouse last year. So they were, they were mistreating her harshly. Um, so she was just speaking out to counter the mistreatment. So that's what this white person said. Uh, so a white person sent her or forwarded her that message, apparently. Um, and my, it leads to my next one, which is uh, the same person was over in the area where I work at and research segregated, of course, uh, a black male uh, came over while she was speaking to a black female and was like, oh, well, aren't you supposed to be doing some work or don't you have work to do or something? Something like that. And she was kind of like paused because it looked like she wanted to, <laughs> she wanted to respond saying, I guess something else because I've been hearing uh, this guy will mainly uh, focus on black people in civil, like, because he over in civil, right? So he was over there doing an interview, trying to get two new people in the civil area. So he happened to walk in, and they were talking about uh, having male children, boys, you know, having to raise boys, you know, and these are two um, uh, black mothers. So, you know, I just happened to overhear that. And that person, the white person who sent that email came over there maybe like an hour later after he broke up, you know, after he, you know, uh, interrupted two black females speaking. A white woman from that same department in traffic came over to where I was and went into the the white side, all right, and started talking with them about whatever the, the topic was. So <laughs> one of the uh, black females that was speaking to the other black female earlier she looked over to the white person, right? Uh, and I knew, I knew what, I knew what the discussion was. And she goes, Oh, well, I bet, I bet such and such and coming over here to handle that. Said that to the, the white woman, right? And it was kind of like lower, but I knew what it was. And, you know, she says, yeah, you know, I noticed, uh, I noticed, something like I noticed he didn't do that so you know I wanted to, I wanted to point out that right there um, and definitely like to, to go on my next one um, like I know I've been I've been getting watched of course because a lot of the different click game they, they're saying stuff like oh have a good weekend and you know, waving to me and stuff like that because number one, um, on Thursday, 
when we had a meeting, they uh, they went out. Well, the new HR manager and the warden, who only has a couple of months left, been there 37 years. All right. So she's teaching this new white woman to do HR things or whatever. So we have this meeting at 830, uh, and she passes out these sheets of paper, and they're making these so-called changes where they've appointed, they've made these titles for two uh, white women that are also a part of the office clique that's, that, that spawned from this one white woman that I worked with seven or eight years ago in that same social circle. So they gave two uh, what they call assistant supervisor positions to them, and they had us come in and do a meeting about it uh, in the way that this sheet is constructed um, I think it's a lot of deception being used and they put the black person first, I think, to make it look like they are so-called inclusive, but that's not, that's not what it really is in my opinion. And they put the duties of those three people, uh, beneath the people that have the titles and the, and the employees that they are over. And then they put another gang member, another clique member. Her name is at the bottom. And they have her as, for instance, they use the term project index, project lead. And then they, uh, they'll say something that's pretty much the same thing that was mentioned the first time, you know, and then they'll say report to the supervisor and it's like I think they did that because they're paying them extra money you know and then they mentioned again uh, this morning in the meeting um, and I didn't clap like barely too much but I did have a pattern of where I did clap on some things but like for that I, like, I didn't really clap on that you know I just kind of just stood there and I, and I stood next to the, the white woman, the supervisor, and she was holding the paper up and she made the announcement. I didn't, I didn't even react like, and, uh, this caused, uh, a white woman, the new HR, I think she was like fixated on me a little too much because black male who was presiding, he got to a portion of the meeting to where he said, supervisors can go ahead and say something. So uh, he went to the HR person and she was like, oh, 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 I didn't know it was my turn to speak. She was looking at me and how I reacted in my nonverbals. I wasn't saying nothing. I just stood there. That's, you know, but I know that I could, I could just tell the angle, the angle that I was standing in and my body language, like I meant to do it. Right. So, that whole day to day, they were trying to be, you know, trying to ask me stuff and trying to be nice. Oh, it's Friday, this and that. So, um, uh, there, there's more I wanted to share with the other victim that I had talked about, but that's, I'll just leave it at that 
because, you know, I just wanted to really uh, share the update of what's been going on this week. And uh, thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you. Much obliged, uh, color in Florida at the courthouse never disappoints. Uh, they start us off right. Uh, they come in and say, We need more help. Uh, down at the court, I said those labor shortages. Everybody has labor shortages. They say, We're not the segregated section. You're not going to have us, you know, understaffed for five years and such down here because we don't want to bring more Negroes. Get us some help over in traffic. By the way, make sure you send us someone who's not going to run off and whine and complain to HR every time we make a joke around here. Why don't you stop telling offensive jokes where people have to go and whine and complain to HR? Why don't we be professional in the courthouse? Back to that toxic, toxic, excuse me, toxic workplace culture they talked about at the very beginning that's why I said it's so much of that that's what set the birth that I mean they were not drunk he didn't say that they were at an office party he didn't say that anybody there had crown royal and was wound up like woo he ready to get ready for 2022 normal work day at the courthouse right this is their behavior we're ready to tell some some racist jokes we're ready to be abusive in the workplace and then that'll probably going to be preemptive if somebody around here like our present caller acting like they had a problem with this want to go tell on us go snitch on us about our racist jokes we just having a little good time that's your office culture right there then he comes back uh, he says he has uh, the black females there over talking how to raise boys we don't want to talk about that here you and your Negro potential future raping black boys get back to work and he said multiple right where he said a white person came in uh, get back to work you doing here do some work said the fella came around the one time and told him he said that's how you talk to people around here we get work done you look over there look at those go hey 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 get to work that's the office culture that we got here and then he says he goes over, hushes them up. Black females, they're talking. The white woman comes around. Now, does he run around abruptly then? Hey, shut it up. Get away from around here. What are you doing? We didn't, we didn't see that happen. Hmm. Apparently, they even whisper tones like, hmm. Is that something he's going to deal with? Is that Roger going to hop in on this one too? Being in, again, that's another one. You can flip that around now. Imagine our, our present caller, anybody really, black person there, the black supervisor that he says everybody hates. They speaking of running to the supervisor, everybody hates him, so they want to get him fired and all the rest of it. Imagine him doing that, running around yelling at people like that. Get to work. Get over there and do that. What are y'all talking about? I don't know how that's going to work out in the uh, courthouse, 7 Eleven, really, McDonald's. I don't think that's going to be tolerated too long. Let's see. They now then the job descriptions. Now that one fascinating for so many reasons. Now he said they go in. All right, gotta hire some folks. Serious business. Got our folks we're looking to put in these new positions. Now we'll start out. Now we got Jamal. 
got Margaret. We got Julie. And he says they start with Jamal. We got the black male, so nobody can say we know we got these old folks who just want to talk about racism all the time and make baseless accusations. So we do have black candidates here. Although I don't think Jamal is going to be the project lead. And then they just go right down the line. He says, man, it looks like all these project lead white women names that they got up here. If they're project lead this and we're going to report to Helen for this, like this seems like some jargon so we can justify giving them a few extra nickels on this project. That doesn't surprise me at all going into 2022. Now, I mean, you want to talk about words. White people know how to use some words in the work environment. They can use words to make it seem like, wow, this white person is indispensable and we have to justify paying her 50 times more than everybody else on the project or at least 50 times more than the black people. Excellent about doing it that way. Excellent about doing a little racial showcasing. Now, we already know who we picked for these jobs. You told us before you had the white woman. She was at the uh, salon. She was getting a pedicure, chilling. I didn't know I got this job in the bag. I don't have to the professionalism. Get out of here. Make sure you don't miss my pinky. I don't think the black folks who were looking for these, I don't think they could be, you know, that confident. They were going to get hired or get the promotion or whatever the billing is uh, in the meeting. And then in the midst of all that, they probably did their racial tacky racial showcasing. And they were going to announce the other people who get these leads who probably did get paid some extra money but since their project lead and all the rest of it they go sit around and watch pay attention like what's he doing what did he clap he didn't clap oh look what oh it's mine oh oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry it's my turn okay uh let's see i was gonna say uh we uh look into 2022 it's gonna be a great year we got a great project i thought they don't pay attention to the negra I've submitted that's one of the main, you know, to do's in the system of white supremacy, particularly once we find out this nigga is less confused, like he's asking questions. He's being observant. He's taking notes and documenting when things happen. We are going to keep eyes on him, keep tabs on him. Let's see how he responds. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, he didn't. Up, oh, he didn't clap. Okay, okay. We'll rendezvous and talk about this one later. Maybe he knows. He might know about the salary part of it. He even probably saw through. We put Jamal's name up first. We thought that would give him it. It didn't even do anything. He didn't even get a man. We'll meet about this later on. That sort of thing happens all the time in the workplace where they'll be looking just at you, or if it's just, it might just be two or three black people that they say, uh oh. Got to keep an eye on that one, just like on the plantation. Never know what he's going to say. Doesn't it especially if it look like he's not clapping. He's not smiling. Mm. Oh, he wrote something down. He jotted. He took a note. He took a note. He took a note. You can have a lot counter racist control in the workplace, limited though it may be. Watching your nonverbals. Just asking. Wait, he didn't say he went in, stomped, and cursed anyone out. Just being back. He didn't say a word. Just being calm, quiet. Use logic. You ask questions from time to time. Might be considered a dangerous Negro in the workplace. 
Absolutely stunning at the courthouse as usual. Uh, let's see. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Can I be heard? <clears throat> uh, retired firefighter in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, I was just thinking about a, a, a particular workplace situation uh, to where if I can participate <clears throat> tonight. And it brings me to the example of our children, which we know going to school is their workplace. <clears throat> there are some similar uh, issues uh, at their workplace as parents' workplace, uh, but there are some significant differences also. Uh, one thing that I'm concerned about <clears throat> is the elevation of violence that takes place in our children's workplace. Uh, uh, I have the thought that it's escalating. Uh, down here in in uh, South Florida, Miami-Dade County, which is the fourth largest uh, school system in this part of the world, at least, uh, as you probably know, uh, the uh, superintendent, Mr. Alberto Corvallo, has been offered and has accepted the job as superintendent of the public school system in Los Angeles, California. Therefore, there is a opening uh, for school superintendent. Uh, I haven't heard yet on any uh, specific uh, way that they will go about his replacement. They, I haven't even heard about a interim that they've applied yet. Uh, on the surface, uh, under his tutelage, uh, there has been, uh, of course, by him, you know, going right to another job, uh, some accolades, but actually, uh, non-white people who are racially classified as black and their children schools have not been doing well uh, in Miami-Dade County uh, because of the uh, the lack of gaining access to things that would be helpful for uh, the areas where our children go to school. Uh, we make up a certain percentage in Miami-Dade County but get only about 2% or less of the uh, assistance, uh, including in the school system. And the largest employer in Miami-Dade County is Dade County Public School System. Uh, but the immediate thing that I have been thinking on is the the cultural as a culture, the elevation of violence that used to be restricted out of the school system 
other than you know some you know fighting and whatnot, but it, it's it's actually getting to the point now to whereas it hasn't actually happened yet down here, but I got a I got a suspicion that it's just a matter of time before someone is active on campus with a firearm based on a dispute. Not so much about what, what you hear about with uh, white people where some from young white person just not satisfied with the world or whatever, some, something that no one can explain and just go on the campus and start shooting. I mean, from a situation, there was a situation that took place a few days ago uh, at the uh, high school where uh, we have the uh, mentoring program. Uh, where a young lady uh, with her phone called people who are not students at the school to come assist her because she got hit in the face, which actually wasn't true. But nevertheless, they came and uh, it started a huge fight, a huge fighting. They called, they, you know, they described it as a riot, you know, fighting all over the campus in the middle of the day. And the principal was able to shut the school down once the incident took place. Uh, and 13 people were arrested uh, with that incident. I don't know how many of those 13 uh, people who were detained uh, were people who came from the air, from the area around the school on the campus, I don't know how many of those were, but it was thirteen people who were arrested. But that's that's my concern. I, uh, solutions. I think I think by parents being active with their children, children's school, the teachers, the administrators, showing up, showing up on campus. Uh, having uh, teacher-parent conferences, uh, even having uh, uh, meetings with uh, the school administrators and whatnot, I think that I think that would provide some level of, of solution. And also talking to your child, talking to your child about what how they they went, uh, being consistent with that. Uh, because you de- because you never know what they may be shielding. You never know what they may be shielding. Uh, they may be afraid to say something uh, because someone on campus is threatening them. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so if you're 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 constantly being active, uh, and I know you know people you know have to be the parents have to work. As parents, we have to you know go to work and whatnot. But uh, I had a offspring that was in school, and uh, I was able to at least sometimes on a on a weekly basis uh, get out to the campus. To whereas every every administrator at the school where he was at, uh, they knew me. You know, from having conversations with them at different times and whatnot. So that those I think that that would provide us solutions to to uh lessen to lessen the uh the opportunity for something that we know about what takes place in the areas where non white people or rich class classified as black uh reside in 
that happens in in the quote unquote streets don't go into the school where your child works. And uh, that was just a thought. Thank you for listening. Much obliged, retired firefighter. Uh, there have been a number of reports talking about uh, increases in violence in schools, uh, talking about like K through 12 uh, in the U.S. Uh, over the pandemic specifically, like the last two years, basically. I know North Carolina, they had uh, shooting similar to the type of thing that you're talking about and other instances. Uh, I think there might even be a report tomorrow talking about uh, mental health uh, and how that has contributed in all this in terms of how children uh, are doing. I think all of those factors are going together uh, in terms of what children have gone through over the last couple of years, uh, the disruptions uh, that are happening at schools, talking about staff shortages. They've not had uh, enough teachers in some places that has disrupted schools for even the schools that are back in session where they don't have an adequate number of teachers and or staff. Some places got so bad where they had to go back to virtual, not because of the Rona, but because they didn't have enough teachers. So it's been so much stress uh, on children for the past two years. And then what's been modeled. I said that the whole time, like uh, in Minnesota, when they talk about Ethan Crumbly, they were going to kidnap the governor uh, in Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, they were going to kidnap and execute her. In fact, white people were just in the past year. So, I mean, that's what's been modeled. I'm upset. Smack somebody. I don't like the mass policy. Kill somebody, maybe even, uh, you know, let's go upside somebody's head. That's what the system of white supremacy has depicted. So not surprising, uh, even though certainly uh, and exactly what you were talking about in terms of just uh, parents being uh, more involved and that type of a thing. I even know tomorrow they were talking about a number of black parents even saying, hey, these school situations were unsafe and racist before. It's even worse now. Let's see if we can get them out of that environment entirely uh, because it's just so many uh, problems and difficulties, uh, racism, white supremacy, uh, endemic uh, to that whole situation. But, yeah, we'll have much more to say about that uh, tomorrow uh, with regards to the school situation. Uh, for children and trying to do our best to be more vigilant there. Uh, was there anyone we missed totally had a commentary that they wanted to get in before we conclude? Anybody that hasn't been able to share it all? Hi, Gus. Uh, I think that's B in Toronto. Yes, ma'am. Hi, thank you so much. And um, greetings to yourself, callers and listeners. Spirit hugs to all of you. Uh, thank you for your support. Um, I've been able to catch the tail end of the program, and um, uh, I concur with what retired firefighter had mentioned, uh, that it is important for parents uh, to be in um, close interaction uh, with administrators um, at the school because of the fact that um, it's been a pattern um, that I found in my own school experience, uh, of which my parents had to do, and also um, in uh, my son's experience where I had to do, um, that whenever a teacher feels that they do, that a child does not have support, then somehow they feel that they can uh, start mistreating them. And um, the more that the teachers and administrators are aware that the child has support, then the less likely um, the impact uh, 
for the, the racism and anti-blackness that occurs. Um, to go to um, caller in Florida, who spoke about um, the HR uh, watching him uh, during the, the uh, event. Um, that's what white people tend to do. Um, I've seen this and have experienced it where um, they would literally be sizing up black people and then discerning as to which black people they should, quote-unquote, be um, uh, aware of. And aware meaning, oh, okay, this is, this is a black person that's on the radar. Uh, just like you said, Gus, um, you know, they don't, uh, they're slightly different. They don't really conform. They're very observant and they're intelligent. So, um, you know, they, they hone in on those particular black people. Um, and who knows, that might be a target for, um, workplace harassment, different things. Um, to give an update of um, my circumstances, so I'm on a month's leave right now. So I encourage anyone and everyone that, you know, going back to the workplace policies and procedures, make sure that um, you're aware of your sick days and your vacation days. See if you can collapse your sick days and vacation days to take um, a month's leave if you can because the um, the harassment was is just horrendous and it's it's not the in your face type of harassment it's more of the quiet type of harassment where it's the constant ostracism and um, when you look at the studies uh, the ostracism is uh, that uh, to mental health um, so to definitely um, be aware of that, um, also, based on what my son has uh, told me as well, it's um, so important to build a support base. So definitely do so um, if you do not have one um, in order to lessen the impact and help um, and help keep your mind distracted from from the the situation at hand, so that you have some type of reprieve um, from from the situation, and then you can recalibrate and think of new strategies to tackle it again. Um, I really feel, because earlier in the year, um, I was being followed by a particular car um, at work. I really feel that the supervisor had something to do with it. Um, even though I can't find proof, um, but I know that even just before going on a... Hello? Hello, can you hear me okay? Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Sorry. Uh, no, no worries. Um, so so um, I do suspect heavily that the supervisor may have had something to do with it, although I don't have concrete proof at this time. Um, so I have a couple of strategies uh, that I'm looking into uh, to obtain that proof. But um, just even a day before going on a month leave, um, the car had came right up, of which I'm um, very particular of, uh, was very aware of. So 
I'm just going to also reiterate to please be fully aware of your environment so that um, you keep your personal safety um, at, in check at all times. Um, and that's all I have to say. Um, thank you. All righty. I got my audio back, I think, uh, so I will be able to wrap us up. I'm not sure what happened, but my headphones, um, my audio for my headphones stopped working, dialed on my phone, and then that froze up too. So, man, uh, thankfully we're at the end of the program, so it's not something I have to ball with. Hopefully it'll be all straightened out and we'll have any uh, difficulties for tomorrow. Super hoping my headphones are not messed up. I hate having to get new headphones, but uh, another day. Counter-racism, white supremacy, always difficult. Much obliged for me dialing in. Uh, I was listening into her update because she had emailed. I read her email um, at the beginning of the program. I think she was the first email that I read. Uh, so I'm glad she was able to call in and uh, give a uh, direct personal update. You know, that was when my audio, uh, yeah, my headset or audio started failing, figure out what the trouble is. But I'm glad she was able to get a personal uh, update in. I know a lot of people when I read her email a few weeks back talking about some of the abuse she experienced. Uh, many folks were uh, upset uh, and were wishing her well, hoping that she uh, is nourishing herself and that she, too, can extract herself from all that terrorism and uh, get to a better, safer uh, situation. Um, with that, we did our three hours, tech difficulties notwithstanding. Uh, hopefully it was worthy of folks' time and energy. Uh, again, we'll be here on Saturday, compensatory call-in. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll revisit some of retired firefighters' commentary about safety of children uh, right now in the school environment, especially uh, as many other topics to discuss. It was a full week on the plantation, as usual. Uh, much obliged to all of the folks who dialed in or uh, listened to archives. Sobriety would be best. Uh, we talked about that in the workplace. Certainly, no bring it on the job, so it'll be some of that craziness with the office holiday parties that are coming up. We are all about sobriety. Uh, in addition to being sober, uh, we are, if you go out and about, this is not a time to be like in verbal confrontations with strangers. You should be thinking they could be armed, Ethan Crumbly. In fact, they could be armed and have an entire cadre uh, of armed whites with them ready to kill and maim. Uh, if you did not leave your house ready to kill and die, exit. Uh, this is no time for confronting strangers. Uh, you can call enforcement officers as you are exiting. All of that said, if you're going to be in a vehicle, you're sober, buckled, and not on the phone. Uh, we're doing all the small things that we can to stay safe, uh, as safe as we can, and to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. That's it, creator. We ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time to replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cal signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. No name calling, no gossiping. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>